Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Debated the thinkers at Mars Hill using his intelligence and his articulation and his ability to speak. And he had, he had succeeded in winning a few at Mars Hill, but he had not been as effective at Mars Hill as he was at Ephesus and as he was in the places that because he had, he had used his intellectualism to try to persuade them to accept Jesus Christ. That, they respected him until he spoke of the resurrection of the dead. When he told them that Jesus was no longer in the grave and that he rose from the dead with all power in his hand, they laughed him to scorn. I believe that if you research it, you will find that Lystra did not give him as much pain as, as the laughter did at Mars Hill. It hurt his ego and it hurt his pride and it hurt his self-esteem and he was wounded. He decided that God did not necessarily need his intellectualism in order to be effective. But he says when he writes to Corinth, I do not come to you. I have determined not to come to you with eloquence of speech. He said, I dropped all of that that I am proud of. In fact, at another place, he said, I counted it all but dumb that I might win the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, I will not try to impress you with my background and my intellectualism and my eloquence of speech. He said, but I came to you with fear and with trembling, confessing to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. He says, I now begin to realize that this, this battle will not be won by talent. by the sheer demonstration of the Holy Ghost. He says, with simplicity of a very plain, basic, and sometimes mundane, and often distant idea, I will preach the gospel. Tonight. 
tonight. I just wonder, I wonder tonight, are there any don't care people in the room? Don't care. Don't care what you think. Don't care whether you like me. Don't care whether you're impressed by me. Don't care whether you prefer me. Don't care whether I'm the flavor of the month. Don't care whether you write commendations for me or not. Just touch somebody and say, I don't care. I used to care. I confess, I used to care, but I, I, I've been stoned and I've been rocked and I've been beaten and I've been ostracized and I've been shipwrecked and I've been left for dead and I think you survive hell and hot water. I, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I don't. I just don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll dance now. I don't care. I, I remember telling the Lord as a young man, I said, Lord, I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I, I came from a church that didn't believe in the Holy Ghost, and, but I got over there and I found out that there was something to it, and I told God, I said, I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost, but fill me at home. In case I act crazy, I don't want I don't want anybody to see me act crazy and unseemly. I I said that at sixteen. But at sixteen I hadn't been through hell and high water. By the time I hit about twenty-five, I didn't care my top fell off and I Danced out my shoes. I didn't care if I jumped out your coat. All I wanted was the glory of God. Feel my aching place and feel my hurting place and feel my empty place and put me back together again. I wish I'd, I don't know if I got a hundred people or not, but I wish I had about a hundred people that would give God a don't care praise. I just, Maybe you shouldn't sit beside me tonight because I'm a don't care person. I've been through hell and high water. I've been through storms and rain and sickness and misfortune. And it doesn't matter to me what you I might dance on your pocketbook, scoot it up under the seat. If you don't move your feet, I'll step on your toe. But when I think of the goodness of Taylor, still to come. On the potter's touch. The devil thought that if you lost your job, you'd lose your mind. The devil thought if your husband walked out, you'd sit down and go crazy. The devil thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought. The devil should have read his Bible. I said the devil should have read his Bible. Because the Bible said the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. Is there anybody in here been growing up under pressure? Growing in a storm? Growing while you're bleeding? Growing with nails in your hands and nails in your feet? Megafest 2015 is more than a festival. It's an experience. This is Megafest. 
August 19th to the 23rd, Megafest is taking over Dallas, an extravaganza for the whole family. And 100% pure fun. There is something for everyone. Visit mega-fest.com to find event updates and to make reservations. This experience is one you don't want to miss. between the circumstances that he confronts and the Satan that he fights. <laughs> he has drawn an associative line between the circumstances that he confronts and the Satan that he fights. He knows that Satan is a schemer. The Bible warns us about the schemes of the enemy. It is what the Bible calls in the King James Version, the wiles of the devil. <laughs> the, the schemes, the strategies, the tactical maneuvers that he makes to terminate your success. Paul knows that he's up under attack in a very unique and subtle way. A terror attack cut to the continuity of his personality. He's about the shipwreck, fine. He made it through the stones of this trip, just fine. But when they insulted his intelligence, he knew that this was tailor-made to discourage his soul. And then he stops and says, if the princess of this world would have known what they were doing. They would not have crucified the Lord. I'm going to draw strength in my suffering from Christ's suffering. Christ did not land on the cross accidentally. There were manipulators, orchestrators, who were committed to his destruction. Some of them, some of them, some of them, you could see them in their Roman gods and their shouting souls and, and their dominion over Jerusalem was proof positive that the Romans did not love the Jews. It was quite clear they had besieged their country and taken their land and controlled their worship and taken over the temple. There, there was no mistaking the fact that the Romans had stopped in his destruction. Why would the Romans be concerned about the crucifixion of Christ? He was getting too popular. They didn't mind him turning a little water in the line. Healing a few sick folks. They, they didn't mind the woman with the issue of blood. They didn't mind blind Bartimaeus who received his sight. They didn't mind the ten lepers who say that Jesus said something that caused them to be delivered. They didn't mind his little cute sermons on the Mount of Olives, the little beatitudes. It was beautiful. It was cute. But, but, but the problem was that they had started giving him some authority. They start calling him the king. 
of the Jews. And, and there was a following. There was an outcome when Jesus got in the city. He would turn the city upside down. When Jesus preached in the desert, thousands flocked out into the desert to hear him preach. And that's a lot of power. He wasn't just some fly by night, Johnny, come lately, uprise, superstar, overnight, wonder, midnight, blunder, no. He was drawing the crowd. He was getting influence. He, he had some backing and he had some support. They had to pay that some attention. Ten years prior to Christ's crucifixion, they had had, had, had an uprising amongst the Jews and they had to bring in special military to get control of. So they were a little bit nervous. We understand. They were, they were a little bit nervous about the women. You can understand how somebody from Rome would attack this Jewish boy. But the thing that is stopping is that the ones who wore the long robes had the swelling prayers. <laughs> the, the, the ones who hung out at the synagogue and controlled the temple
he had to deal with the theological interrogations of chaos. But that was not the worst of it. It's one thing to have a political problem. It's another thing to be attacked theologically. But when somebody in your own ranks attacks the, the, the sword we could withstand, the scriptures we could debate, oh, that kiss. That kiss that can only come from somebody who is close enough to, to walk up to you and you don't push them back because they're one of your interceptions. When Judas got it and all of these all of these things are working against. I want to take this a moment because because whoever I'm preaching to, you're not just fighting one thing. If, if, if you want to sit in a prayer request, it wouldn't be a sentence. You you would fill up a notebook, your legal pad full of problems because your problem has got problems has got problems has got extenuating circumstances and sometimes everywhere you look there's trouble. I remember one time my wife and I were going through a test. I said, baby, I've never seen anything like this in all of my life. I said, it's like somebody cast a spell. We never went through this kind of trouble. I mean, trouble trouble in places that you never thought you would have trouble in situations. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Let me, let me, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Have you ever had crazy trouble, unexpected trouble? As soon as you get out of this, here comes that. And before you can snatch that, here comes something else. See, that's the thing. I'm talking about what the devil thought. The 
went through that last test, that he would shut you down forever. I'm talking about thinking, thinking, thoughts of pillows, pain, devil, all of thinking, thinking, thinking. The devil thought that if you lost your job, you'd lose your mind. The devil thought if your husband walked out, you'd sit down and go crazy. The devil thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought, he thought. Hey! 
Atlantis. Israel Now News. This exciting partnership between Daystar and Israel brings you informative, unprejudiced news right from the whole... trying to be good. I mean, I've been, you know, on the um, the earlier train, still getting to work a little bit late, but not as late as I am today. And I'm just like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> right, right. I'm just waiting for Friday, baby. When a Friday's over, I can rest the week. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, you already to Friday. Yeah, we get out Friday. Try to start oh, that's day. like spring break. I'm ready. I'm ready because this testing is is overrated. It's too much. Yeah, I heard. I heard about how that testing is. I know they have. Um, I know um, Osias is going through testing right now. They're doing them like every other day instead uh-huh. of every day. But I'm still uh-huh. like, you know, yeah. It's, it's. I was like, what happened to that? You know, maybe two or three days, and then you're done. I'm like, what is this week of testing for? You and it just, it, it, I'm, a, I'm like, what are you measuring? What are you measuring? It's just another way that way the enemy is trying to stop people from getting an education. You said what? It's just another way the enemy is trying to you know, keep our people from getting an education. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't care what race or race you are. Is just trying to keep those who um, are less fortunate from getting an education, you know. Uh, pretty much. I know. I was telling me and my daughter were talking about that the other day. I said there was a there was a um, a kids show that I used to love to watch with her um, called Fraggle Rock. Are you gonna stop? Okay. And um, and it was like it was showing you how. You know, they had the workers and they had the leaders, but there were more workers than there were leaders, you know, and it was like the the workers were so happy to just be working, you know. And I'm like, that's how that's what they were, I mean, and that came out back in the, in the 80s, 90s. I'm like, they were trying to back then to let you know that there were going to be not that many leaders and a whole bunch of workers just, you know, building for no reason, you know, just just doing stuff just to be to, just to get paid, basically. You know, and mm-hmm. I look at how they're you know I look at how they're doing the kids now, and it's like they're not. And it's you know before you know you had the guidance counselors telling you that you can do whatever you want to do. You could be a doctor, a lawyer, and all this other stuff. And now it seems like they're just like you know, kind of discouraging. Even if your grades yeah. are, you know, it's just like what? You know, I am a, I'm a, I'm over the archives ministry at our church, so we was going through some of the old stuff documents on Saturday, and one of the girls that's on my team, she's a counselor, and 
event, the lady, the, the senior lady, she's a retired teacher of 37 years. And we were talking, and she was uh, she was like, you can't counsel the kids nowadays and help them with their career choices because everything's so test-driven. She was like, right. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's not like when we were coming up, they had stuff in place for juniors and seniors and sophomores, you know, to help them along their career path. But right. now they're so test-driven, it's just absolutely, it's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And okay. like down here, the kids have to pass the ACT in 11th grade in order to graduate from high school. And that's not fair. And that ACT is a whoop whoop Well, you know that yourself. Right. And it's only gotten, it's, they strengthened it. you gotten worse. It's even harder now. I mean, you know what? And that's another way for them to discourage you. I mean, because why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you hinder a child graduating off of one thing? Right. I mean, it used to be. I mean, who does that? You know. And this. And, and I look at it. And I look at how you know the curriculum is set up. It's not. It's set up to to help the children find their strengths. It's set up to find their weaknesses and and keep it weak, you know, and yeah. not, because I know, like, my, my, like, well, my son, his weakness is, um, his weakness is numbers and organization. I mean, it's just, like, organizing a problem to solve it. That's his weakness. Right. But no, there's nothing. You know, usually the teachers used to adjust the, the their, whatever they're teaching to help strengthen that, you know, to help fix it. And this new way of instruction, uh, project-based learning, where they learn in groups and you on a project or something like that, that's not educating them. It's just teaching them how to work together exactly. to come up with a, with, a, with a solution, but it's not teaching. When we were coming up, we had Schoolhouse Rock, Conjunction Junction. That was my favorite. And I'm just a deal <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, I used to live for Saturday to get up and see that. Exactly. And you learn what an interjection and all those different things, the parts of the verbs, and even the, um, the what is the Bill of Rights, the thing, I'm just a bill, and all that stuff like that. And mm-hmm. learn from that. They need to bring Schoolhouse Rock back. I think Brother Sam is trying to say something the idea. <clears throat> Good morning, Samuel. Actually, that's me. Oh, <laughs> and I was just clearing my throat just because, but of course I would like to say something. <laughs> you would. <laughs> You're so, welcome. More than welcome. But the, you know, you all are absolutely correct. But I, you know, I have a couple of. I agree with you, but I also have a couple of different opinions because there are so many other things that are put in there. The few guidance counselors that are in school now, they have so many students to attend to that it makes it difficult for them. True. The populations in the schools now are just so astronomical. The number of children that are there, and they streamline guidance counselors, you know, that they have to really pick and choose who they're going to share this information with. 
And unfortunately, those of them that do not have that strength and that courage enough to speak for themselves, to advocate for themselves, are the ones who will be left behind. That does not mean those are the ones who are less intelligent. But because they don't, they have yet to learn the skill set of trying to persevere and move forward and allow themselves to be seen, that can put them in a position to be overlooked. (laughs) And, you know, again, I think, you know, when we're looking in the body of Christ, this also puts us back in the position of foundation. It is so important that as parents, you know, especially those that are parents, but even also those who are educators in the system, that there is an established foundation that we agree to or agree on that we, you know, put our kids there. And that's why it's so important that parents are very active in their children's learning. Yeah. It really is. And I will say, because for us, when we were going to school, I guess we we knew what was expected of us. And there was, I mean, there was no um, excuse or doubt of what we were expected to do. And we grew up in a generation that, that village concept still was, you know, in tow. You know, from the teacher to the, you know, counselor to your neighborhood, you know, uh, people who were, you know, your community being aware of what you were dealing with or what you had done, you know, you were just really scared to death that if you had wronged or misbehaved in school, that everybody for the rest of the day was going to get you to you. I mean, you you caught pure H-E double hockey stick until you got home. Until your daddy, until your dad, or, you know, until you those parents got to you and you went to bed. The rest of your day was a muck. Because your conscience... Just a parents, and people are not parenting now. The parenting and, and, and that's... And that's so true. But, you know, yes. we have all these new age ideas and new yes. age concepts about how we should parent, how we want our kids to have these different and better advantages and opportunities than we had that we miss. A lot of us as parents miss the, you know, vote on what it is that we really want them to have. And we do not instill in them those important values. And see, you know, I heard something yesterday, and I wish I could have recorded it, but I'll look for it to let you guys know. They were talking about, um, on this uh, gospel radio show, they have um, this thing called Man Up Monday. And it's, you know, really to inspire men so to get together um, you know, spiritual men to, you know, get together, heed to God's, you know, calling, and, you know, be men. But I thought their message was so profound because they talked about what do, we, what do men strive to do? I mean, is, do they strive for success or do they strive for significance? And I think it's so important because I think that's where we have, you know, sort of um, missed the boat because a we're striving to make sure that our kids are successful, but I don't think that we're trying to ensure that their foundation is significant enough because those two things can live in the same place. They can drive in the same lane, 
but they definitely have different meanings, but they can coexist together. And, I mean, it's just, I mean, a pure example. Um, you know, not to, because the thing, things are so different now, my two older kids, they were in the public school system. They didn't have, you know, no issues. I mean, you know, the typical things that we, I guess, understand that happened. But I was one of those parents. You know, I used to tell them, you know, the teachers that I, you know, I grew up in Compton. I drop in on my kids just like we did drive-bys in Compton. You never know when I'm going to show up. I said, and I told the principal, my drop-ins are just like drive-bys. You don't know, or my child does not know when I will show up, but you will see my face. And that's one of the things our parents, you know, have moved away from because we defend our kids right now even when they're wrong. Yep. And we don't provide any type, right, and we don't provide any type of structure because there's nothing wrong with defending your child, but then if you have no corrective measures to follow up, then, you know, you're leading them down a, you know, very unkind path and an unfriendly one because the world does not care anything about our children. And if we don't care enough to instill in them, then, you know, we're misleading and misguiding them in their lives. And my second, my third child, she went to private school. And, um, you know, it was, at the time, it was my husband's suggestion, because I really wasn't tripping, for real. Let me just go ahead and say that. But Jayla was in a in a place where, you know, when she was in daycare, she was helping, at the age of two, she was helping the daycare provider teach the kids, you know, their alphabet, their colors. She was even helping them get it sit up in their high chair because Jayla started walking like at eight months old. So Jayla was just, she was on a fast track, and I think a lot of that just had to, you know, dealt with the fact that she had older siblings that she tried to keep up with as well. So there were a lot of different dynamics that I was, you know, I was more in, entrenched in my kids being, you know, educated. I was doing a lot more things personally, that I think she just had a tendency to reap the benefits from, but the structure in that particular place was, you know, it was great because they had teachers that really, I mean, it was a Christian school, but they had in the, what I didn't know at the time, the Abeka program that taught them phonetically right. that Hey, but we that's and I thought about it and I when I saw what they were doing in her classes, I was like, But that's how we learned when we were in school. So I sorta of had to you know, I had a flashback of well what are they doing in public school for real? <laughs> because you know, they you know, they publicized a Becca program like it was this new thing and I was like, But that's how we learned. That's old. That, that was the old way. And, you know, we learned, when we, we learned, we learned off those faithful <coughs> readers. We learned off those uh, Sally, Dick, and James and the fanatics and all those things. Mm-hmm. Like They've gotten away from that type of stuff now. And with this new way of, of instructions and what they want to teach now, teach the kids, and it's just absolutely horrible. What you said something that was very, that rang down in my mind is just it clicked on yesterday. 
there was this young lady, her mom was deceased, her father was deceased, so she gets social security from both of them, the grandmother's raising them. She and her brother, the brother's special needs, and she she really could use an IEP, to be honest, because Pastor spelling her name, she knows how to do nothing. But cute little girl, but she's awesome. To fact, the grandmother give a little money and all that, all that, needless to say. But the thing is, the girl came in there, you know, you have the old gym, you know, the sweatpants that we, that, that people have. Girls were tight in it. She cut them off until they was actually boy shorts where women wear for underwears now. She came out there with the lower portion of her buttocks off. The person was so afraid to say something to her, knowing that's going to cause an uproar with the young men. Then when you when you call the grandmother or somebody tell them, well, she ain't had nothing to wear. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, okay, well, what was Saturday? Saturday was basically a day of, Basically cleaning up, you know, washing your clothes, getting ready for the next week. That's what a normal person would do. So it's so, like you said, people defend their children to the nine and give excuses for what they do not have or what they don't do when they should be trying to teach them what to do. It's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. And this was for P.E.? No, this was for class. This is to come to school. Like this is when you walk your oh, home. I'm sorry. So now was... <laughs> My bad. So this, this was your outfit. This was your outfit you walked down the street in. Granted, it was cold. It was raining all day yesterday. And your booty box is out. And everything. Come on now. I guess that's what these 23 and 33-year-old grandfathers do nowadays. Well, you know, again, them, you know, because we're 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 trying to in, encourage success and influence, and unfortunately, we're doing it in the wrong way because she's being taught that those influential and important and successful things that she can obtain will be through her looks and 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 her body. So now she's going, and, you know, of course, you know, we're too ignorant to some count that we think is cute as parents, as grandparents. (laughs) Well, see, apparently they thought it was cute. They allowed her to, you know, walk out the house. Yeah. So they, you know, allowed her to play in the wrong areas. But you know what? You gotta also look though. If the grandmother is dealing with a special needs child and her and everything, she's probably tired. You know, I mean, it's like sometimes you just like, you know what? I choose my battle. You know, and that's and that's the sad thing because you know a lot of the a lot of the grandparents that are raising these you know raising kids now they have to choose their battles. Like, I can't stress out over this. You know, go and wear whatever you want to wear. You know, go in and do whatever you want to do, as long as you're not hurting anybody. You know, and, and, and is, is it the right attitude to have? No. But, I mean, they're like, we, I raised mine. I have to raise these two. You know, it's it's. Felicia, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you this. Yeah, but this girl here I'm talking about, last mm-hmm. year on spring break, she and her friend, her friend is an exceptionally bright girl, intelligent to her nine. You could just show her some, tell her to open up a book and she can go and do it. The toughest math. 
And I know when I teach in that physics section, she just wears it out. But the thing is, last year on spring break, and if you all had her, her um, and if you can go on Dreadhead below page, um, Facebook page, they got to fight in the community. Then the parents and all these people get to fighting with them. The police out there, they fighting the police. They put the police down so bad it was terrible. They put the police down. Then at that point, they went to jail, got out of jail at 12 o'clock that night, came back, went to the people's house, broke the mother's car windows out, broke the windows out of the house, went back to jail that same evening, one hour later. So... You can't be too tired if you're out there fighting with the children and your grandchildren. You can't be out there too too tired. So I just don't know. It's just a, you know this is just evidence of a mis of a misguided people. Period. Uh, misguided people. Misguided. Misguided people, and you know, um, uh, you know, when we look in the body of Christ, the uh, you know. Honey, everybody ain't going to be safe. Everybody ain't going to be safe. Shoot, Mr. Richardson. You worry me. I'm trying to get my nap. I just got home at 2 o'clock this morning. Baby, you only 13, 14 years old. 2 o'clock, I'm making my last turn to get up. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm talking for the, I'm talking to the other side so I can make sure that that side rested too. So I can deal with you. But, you know, it's just too much. I don't know. This is not big much for me. Just, I don't know. But, yes, Lord. They need some real mothers. Like y'all say, they need some real parents in their lives to show them. Because they're not being taught. They're not being taught at all. They're not being taught at all. And, then, and, and, and people have to realize that the teacher only happened before a few minutes out of the day. And then, so what I teach you, and I give you a homework assignment to reinforce what we've done in classroom, the mother's our job is to make sure that our homework is done.
my lap. But it was just, you know, it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing to just watch and continue to see. And, um, it, I mean, and that's parallel to how people are living their lives. So, I, I think, you know, our focus is just, and, and our focus is, you know, in striving to be successful, uh, depending on what successful looks like to each and every individual. And successful, you know, could mean a lot right about now. Successful could mean not living in the projects anymore. Exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and then that's, you know, pretty much almost like by any means necessary, depending on how embedded or how deep that struggle is, get out of that environment. And you know what, but then again, it, but a lot of people want to be successful, but I look at a lot of adults, look at those who just go back to school to say, well, I go to school to get a check. But then again, what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're not going for the good or the embellishment of yourself or your situation, your life or your children's lives. You know, I think the reason why I went to school, not so much to say that I graduated from college or to get a, a job where I wouldn't have to be pushing the broom, but the thing is, I went to school because when we were, when I was coming up, my mom had already had a nursing degree, and we saw my mother study. We saw my mother work 16 hours a day and go to school, and that was a driving point right there to me. Mm-hmm. And then when I did start going to college, Get my mom come again, and she's sitting on the side of me. I'm like, really? <laughs> do you really want to go to school? And then not only did she do that, she majored in the same subject area I majored in, so we took our classes together. And but but see that was um was tenacity on her behalf and determination, and she set that 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 instrument in place for me to want to do better and not to take advantage of the opportunities that was placed before me. It was what I had to do, but my dad said, you're going to go to work, you're going to go to the military, you're going to uh, do something, but you can't lay around here. That was it. You had to. So I graduated May 30 and June 5th, I was in school. He didn't give me no break, okay? That weekend is your break to start school that you come Monday. Mm. Thank God oh. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. And just imagine right. good morning. Just imagine morning. about those parents who don't have um I guess any type of um motive or incentive or any type of encouragement within their own being to even give it to anybody else. Right. And, you know, and oftentimes, you know, we are products of our own environment. Uh. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, and it's quite a few of, of us that may you know, slip through the cracks and see something, you know, for whatever reason that our parents didn't have within them 
to teach us or guide us or direct us in, but oftentimes you are product of your environment. Yeah. And so it it it's it's a very um difficult thing, but you know, I find it very important that we have to, you know, advocate for ourselves and we have to teach our children to advocate for themselves. And we have to teach them how to do it in a very positive and productive manner. Right. Right. You know, and I, I've always, you know, because I grew up with the guidance counselor, you know, I, I really walked my kids through it because I saw how the school system had pretty much changed. And I, I encouraged them to constantly, you need to go to your guidance counselor. And you need to just verify with them what your status is and what it is that you need to do to continue to move forward. And so, you know, when I would ask them, you know, when I did my check with them, did you talk to your guidance counselor? Or either I forgot or what did she say? And when it didn't sound right for me, because, see, it's in the news every year how many kids get right to graduation day and find out that they can't even graduate. It's It's all over the country. It's all over the country. And I thought it was crazy, but even when I graduated, the day, the last day we rehearsed for graduation, the counselor came up to a girl in my class and told her that she couldn't even walk. And I'm trying to figure out what in the heck have you all been doing, you know, the counselors, this whole senior year. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know before today. Yeah, you know, yeah. And some of them so lazy. I remember graduating from high school was when we had like a body of eight hundred or so, and mm-hmm. they call them out so and so, so and so, so and so, so and call them out your seat, skip a seat, so and so, so. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's embarrassing. It's In this day and time, they have they want the children to be more responsible to go well, find, go you know, see. But we were responsible because my mother never, my mother never had to talk to my guidance counselor. My mother never had to talk to mine either. But, you know, we, I think, and that's what I'm saying, because I guess for us, we really thought, Mama, uh uh-uh, unless it's parent-teacher conference, uh, she ain't coming up here for nothing. I mean, you know, it wasn't going to be anything. It wasn't going to be anything of my own fault, the reason that she had to come up here. Come. And that, yeah. you know, so it, it was like, uh-uh, whatever question that she asked, I'm going to be ready to answer them. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I say we have to encourage our kids nowadays because they just really don't know. My oh, parents' yeah. idea of behind that was, first of all, I've gone to school and I've graduated. I go to work. I don't go to school. So you okay. better go in there and perform and do nothing <laughs> out of the ordinary. I'm going to come up there and they're praising you, you know, or awarding you for something, but I don't go to school for nothing. Nothing. Um, I was my dad, nothing out of the ordinary. I got to fight one time, and now he didn't put me for that time. He said, because the principal stood up and said, I wasn't bothering anyone, but he did take that wooden chair and he went across that head. Yeah, I was right there. I fought one time in school. But I was defending myself. And now uh, he didn't punish me because he came there one time. One time. <laughs> That's all it took. That's all it took. He said, now let it happen again. Now just then you and I are going to have a fight. I couldn't fight that little fat man. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we have but to educate our children. 
Yeah, and we, yeah. that's why we have to push them and encourage them, them. Mm-hmm. And, and teach yeah. them. You know, and that's and that's what our job is as a parent. We advocate for them. We speak to them when we when they can't speak for themselves, but we teach them how to speak for themselves. But then again, with the public education. I'll say with, with with the public education, a lot of parents depend on the on the teachers to raise their children. But then when you raise them in discipline, yeah. then they want to come in. They want to step in on the wrong leg. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's true. That is so I, true. I can't, I can't raise your child. I can educate your child if you allow me, or your child allows me to. But I can talk, teach them right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just welcome you into our day. We thank yeah. you, God, that you are here. You, you are ever present in our lives. Father God, as we go through this day, Lord God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit will cover us, guide us, keep right us, now. and protect us, Lord God. Let us be faithful stewards to do the work that you yeah, have assigned yeah, us to yeah. do, Lord God. Let us go and do it with a, with, with a cheerful spirit, Lord God. Let us go and do it with a willing spirit. Father God, we ask that you cover each and every person on this prayer call, Lord right God. Now, and they shall be fruitful, Lord God, as they go on their jobs, Lord God. And we ask you, Father God, to tap down the attack of our that the enemy has already tried to pay a face. Lord, yes, God, yes, yes. Lord God, that you have... Allow us to see another day to praise your holy and your righteous name. Thank you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord God, to be first and foremost in our day, Lord God, within our walk, in our talk, in our prayers, our speech, our songs, our our sharing of the scripture, or even just sharing with mm-hmm. each other. Lord God, let you be the centerpiece of our conversation yes, and, yes, yes. And, uh, of, of, of our day. Father God, we pray for those who are not saved, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to just continue to work on their hearts and their minds. Fine tune them, Lord God, so that they can see the light that we so have become to know. Yeah, Lord yeah. God, so your life is your light is ever present in our lives. It is shining ever so brightly, Lord God, leading us to that perfect day where we can take our rest. Lord God, oh, we yeah. just ask you to be with Sam in his absence, Lord God. We ask you to be with Maria, Erica. Yeah. Alicia, Renee, all of those who will come on the call, Lord God, let the words that they speak, Lord, yes, be edified yes, and be ordained by you. Use them as you only can. In Jesus' name oh, I pray. Amen. 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 How y'all doing today? <laughs> God is good. God is good. God is good. Praise God the Lord. God is good. Praise I, um, the Lord. I um do have a word. Um and I wanted to go ahead and um share my word before I get off the call. Well, not before I get off the call and and, and do my prayer. Oh. I am grateful for the things that he has done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victories he won. I could go on and on and on about your word. Because I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful just 
to praise you, Lord, flowing from my heart. All the issues of my heart is gratefulness. Dear Heavenly Father, dear most righteous one God, I thank you for today. Thank you for this moment, this second that we have to say thank you today. God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, I thank you for for my life, my health, and the strength that you give me each and every day, God, to live and breathe for you, God, to worship you I live each and every day, God, and I thank you for, for allowing me to worship you once more and again. God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, I lift up to you the sick and shed in, God. I, I'm so grateful that I, I have the opportunity and the time, taking the time out to, to lift up the sick and shed in, God, in their weakest weakness, God. I give them to you, God, for the strength that they need. I give them, I lay them at your feet, God, for your mighty hand to move upon their lives and their bodies, their minds, their spirits. Because when someone is sick, God, they're, they're, they're weak and heavy laden, God. So right now, I pray that the heavy laden be lifted off of them, God, and peace be made into them and restoration as well, God. Hear the cries of your people, God, in their time of need and suffering, God, and move like only you know how to do. I thank you, God, for the for the peace that surpasses all understanding in, in my life right now to, to want to have the humble, be humble enough to lift them up to you for their peace. Because I know all our souls are anchored in you, God, and I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. And God, as this word that I, that this, this devotion that I, I pray, I give to the people of God right now, God, I pray that their ears be open to receive God and to it be used in their walk today, God. It is in Jesus' name I only submit this prayer to you and I say amen, amen, amen. Okay, and the devotional topic for today is, drum roll please, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Be expectant, coming from Psalm 62, verse 5. God's power is released when when we pray in faith, trusting and believing him, because faith pleases him. Expectancy is an attribute of faith that carries its own its own kind of power, the power of hope. Faith reaches out into the spiritual realm and expects God's supernatural power to show up and do what no person on earth could do. Doubt, on the other hand, is afraid nothing good would happen. It does not please God and is an, it is and is not something he is able to bless. We are powerless when we live with doubt, disappointment, and a lack of confidence in God. Just think about a time when you were not really sure God would come through for you. You were not able to pray very powerful prayers, were you? Now recall a time when your heart trusted completely in God and you really believed that he would come through for you. You were able to pray then with a certain sense of power, weren't you? That's the power of the expectation in prayer. Even if things don't work out exactly the way you hoped they would, trust God to know what is best and keep expecting him to do great things. 
God's word for today. Expect God to do great things here in your life and pray boldly. Amen, amen, and amen. Psalm 62, 5 says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Now, what we got from that le- what I got from that lesson is in all things, pray and be expectant of great things because all the other issues of doubt, worry, and all of that, it's only going to block you from hearing from God. Pray and be of good courage. Wait and trust in him. Amen. And that's what I got from that lesson today. Anybody else want to expound on that? Be expecting great things. If you're doubting, how can you how can you believe what God's going to do for you if you doubt? Amen. Find great things. <laughs> Be great expectations. Regardless of 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 the of the of the of the job that I have that I have, that I have, not that I don't have now, regardless of the job that I have, I'm going to still be, be expecting greatness in what I'm doing and, and what he's going to bless me with even further. You know, I have a great expectation in what I want from him. I'm going, I'm going, he gave me this job. I'm gonna. I want. I want to make more money. Of course, we all want to make more money. We all want to do great things. But if you keep pressing toward the mark, looking to Him, He'll make a way. He'll make great expectations. What do you want for you to stay right where you are? I'm sorry. What is what you want is for you to stay right where you are. Right where you are. Then. Will your expectations stop? That's right. Oh, you on the bus train? Yes. <laughs> we all have a great expectation for him to do mighty in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mighty. But what if his mighty is different than your definition of mighty? I'm sorry. What if his definition of mighty is different than your definition of mighty? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's more. It's different. We have, oh Jesus, when you say that 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 God's time, God's time is not our time. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Our expectation is not His expectation. <laughs> I got you, please. We can have something. Oh, we, our cup could be like, okay, this is this is just enough, God. Thank you. But He wants to bless you more and abundantly to your cup running over, and you just satisfied with right there where you are in that comfort. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No, God wants to give you all. You know what I'm saying is, what is what is what, what you are looking for? But mm-hmm. it's what you can, what you perceive as a great expectation is different than what God's perception of great expectation is. So your great expectation is a mansion with uh-huh. a Mercedes or whatever. But God's mm-hmm. great expectation for you is is not that high. 
do what he wants is for your for your for your life to give him glory. But he I mean, he doesn't want us to suffer or nothing like that. But I'm saying is what is what you see and what he sees is two totally different things. And does and that it, make you stop? No. No. Then how do you continue to encourage yourself if what you're expecting comes different than the way he brings it to you? What what do that would it make me how would I feel if he brings it differently to me? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not coming at you. It's not coming. It's not coming to you the way you're expecting it to come. You have to have a a servant's heart to receive whatever he has for you. You have to have a mindset. Well, God, you know, um, what you have to have what God has for me for is for me um, perspective. So we're expecting this, the, the, the we're expecting the, we have a great expectations of the things that we desire, and we seek what God desires for our lives. But He will give it to us in His due season. So you saying what 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 would happen if I did not? Well, put it to you this way: if God, if I'm, I'm expecting something great to happen, and God changed the direction of that greatness, if it's orchestrated by His hand, I'm. I have to. I'm gonna have to humble myself to. Re- I'm gonna receive it because this is for me. This is what God has for me. That's what you mean. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna receive it and thank God for it because, well, Lord, maybe my 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 great my great expectation is not where this this place where you want me to be is not where you want me to be. But I'm gonna wherever you have me to move, I'm gonna move. Wherever you have me to go, I'm gonna go because it's being blessed by your hand. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the the mindset of the individual because some people don't like change. Although the change could be for the better, but they don't like change. But you have to have the the willing spirit and open mind to receive change. And be prayerful that is is the great have the great expectation of the the changes for you or is it for you to for somebody else? Because he used, he used um, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Right. So, therefore, you might be the tool that you use to get somebody else's great expectations. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might be the one that you used. Right. You may not feel good at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's what I got for the lesson. I'm going to go in this, in this office, y'all. But, you know, Felicia, you got me thinking, girl. <laughs> and I thank you for it. I'm, I'm surprised Eric ain't said nothing, but she put me on mute. <laughs> but I love you all. You but I got, I got to go into this office. And y'all have a blessed day, okay? All right. <laughs> Bye. Hello. <clears throat> Good morning. Mm, how are you? Finding yourself? I'm all right. Are you sure you're all right? 
Mm-mm. But I'm going to be all right. Here we go. There you go. All is well. All is well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all is well. You're at the office now? Hmm? You at work now? No, I'm still in the church. Oh, but it was quiet, so. Yeah. Everybody is doing their own little conversations on the side. You just mm-hmm. can't hear it. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Pretty good. How about you, folks? I'm all right. You know what? This story that just came to me was about that woman. Um, what you say? You know the story about Elisha and the woman who from got from yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Because you gave him a bed, a chair, a table. And a candle. He was so blessed your life. You said a bed, a chair, a table, and a what? And a candle. Oh, a candle. Yeah. It was like the whole stuff. Everybody only, you know, usually they only talk about something. They usually only talk about how she said all is well. But when you go further back into the story, it talks about how she made room for God, how she made room for the prophet in her life. She built on the extra room to her house just for him. So it's like she made she made room in her life. And that's what you've done. You've made room in your life. You gave him room. You know, and the blessings that he has promised you all is well. It might not look like it, but all is well. So that's all I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be 50 degrees today.
poco cosecha de carambo cosecha de carando cosecha de carando cosecha poco cosecha de carando cosecha de carambo cosecha de carambo cosecha poco cosecha de carambo cosecha de carambo cosando lo cosecha de gastando lo cosecha poco cosecha de carando cosecha 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 poco cosecha de carácter de tan será tal ポコシェシルカポコシャラカシェティルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセディルコセ
Shalaka. <laughs> Shalaka. Ah, uh, Chinese 
Hello? Okay, so Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence on this morning. We said what you were there gathered in your name. You are in the midst. 
So, Father, we thank you for being in the midst of us in spite of how we feel, in spite of how we, you know, how the day even looks right now, oh, God. We thank you for this day because you made this day for us, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. We thank you for another day to, to get it right, to use, to glorify your name and speak right to someone today, oh, God. Right now, oh God, we come for the church and congregation. We come right now because so many are falling away. So many are changing the truth of your word into a lie, oh God, and saying that you are changed, you have changed your word, even though you said your word will never change. Even the world, the world itself will. So, Father God, we speak that right now your truth will completely spread across the nations, oh God that no matter what man will say, that those who are diligently seeking you, those who really want the truth, will find the truth of your word for themselves, because you said that those who know you will follow your voice. But you also said there will be many who will be deceived. <clears throat> so, Father God, we ask that you, will, that you will watch over the minds and ears of your people, that you will fill your word into their hearts, into their minds as you have been have promised, O oh God, so that they cannot be easily led astray. Oh Father, we pray for those ministers who are who have decided that you no longer exist. We pray for those ministers who have decided to change their ways for the for for man to be pleased instead of to be pleased, O oh God. We ask that you will forgive them for their transgressions. We ask that you will continue to watch over them and keep them and bring them back into the right mind of the truth of your word, O oh God. We pray for those who are they, who they are over, O oh God, that they will they will see the lie and the deception for what they are, O oh God, and that they will that they will send correction where it's needed, O oh God. And they will if 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 not, they will leave from up under that particular shepherd, O oh God, and go to it to someone who is willing to speak the truth to them in love, O oh God. We also come for those missionaries. We also come for those evangelists who go out on the streets and into the nations, oh God, to the public and those who are not in the churches, oh God. We ask that you will continue to protect them from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen, oh God. We pray for those who are abused and addicted. We pray for their deliverance, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We come for those who are, who are in hospice. <clears throat> that you will give them a miraculous healing that only you can do, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we also come for those who are in prison, that you will give them that you will give them liberty in spite of for your glory. And we just give your name the glory and honor that only you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me who I didn't get. Um, Jan Dijon, Horoko, Shidakon Broca, Shidako Sis, Shidakon Broco Sunday, Horoboko Shishis, the Combroco, the Koshiko Se, Horoboko Koshish, the Combroco, Shirakande, Shikobra, Oboko Sharada, Shidako Se, Shambraka, Shiraka. Idian, Hondako Shish, the Goromboko Sish, the Gambroco Sa, Hot the Shish, the Gombroco Shish, the Gombroco Shish, the Gombroca Sa, 
Keisha. Morgan McMillan.
Джакоя Джеймсон, Марко Ширка, 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 Брака, Ширка, Ширка, Ромбако, Ширка, 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 Benfield, 
Kayla Boyer, Pierre Thompson, Keith Powell Jr., Mike Bradley Hernandez, Mel Patient Rosen, Brittany Halcom, and Alicia Webster. All right, And my last list. Favorite refuge. She rushed to go see she to come back to the city. Um, broke up, go see she to come back to the city. Um, broke up, she 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 to come back to the city. She to come and go see she to come back to the
matter whether the sun shines or not, Lord, the sun is behind the clouds, and we thank you for that. God, we come before you and say, bless the people in my family, Lord God. Watch over them, my mom, my brothers, my nieces and nephews and their families, my cousins and their families, my uncles and their families, and then my in-laws, Lord God. Watch over them, Lord God, my stepsisters, my half-sisters. Watch over them too, Lord God. Protect them and guide them and lead them. I turn them all over to you, Father, for you know their needs, Lord God. And so, Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you that you're omnipotent, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere at all times. You know nothing slips by you, Lord God, so we thank you for that, too. And, Lord God, we just ask, Lord God, that you, we beseech you, Lord, and and, and touch and agree on healing, Lord God, in my body, Lord God. I just ask for for the process to take place, Lord God, so that in, in, in your timing and in your will, that uh, the things that are happening to my body, Lord God, will um, normalize again and that everything will be okay, Lord. I thank you for Louis. Give him strength as he goes through his day today, Lord God, as he's resting now. Lord God, and just ask that you rejuvenate him for the work you have called us to do. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I just, uh, I, sorry about that. I was on a call. Um, I did my last. You did your, okay. What all did you do? Prisoners, missionaries, congregation churches? You did all of that? Yes. Okay. So I guess what we got to do is um, deceased and hospice. Abuse and addiction, that's the only one. All right, I do the
All right, all right, all right. Y'all ready for y'all lesson for the day? Ready, ready, ready. Why don't you open us up in prayer for God in the lesson, Miss Felicia? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I should have been quiet. Move from my desk right now. What'd you say? Yeah, move from my desk right now. Oh, you're moving it from your desk. Oh, okay. Father God, we thank you for this lesson that we're about to receive, that our ears here, planted in good ground. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Since Paul wrote of yet another evidence of being fleshly, we he affirm that while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving like ordinary men? The sin of jealousy and strife is eminent proof of carnality. Dissensions were rightful in the church of Corinth, as is confirmed by such declarations as, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ, 1 Corinthians 1 and 12. Even those who were contending for Christ by saying, I am of Christ, were included among the fleshly. For the spirit of flesh is always and everywhere jealous and contentious. For these to hold themselves up as being Christ, but in that attitude of spirit, it is escapably carnal. However sweet the word may sound, any secretarian boasting is but babbling of a babe. The divisions in the church are due to no other cause than to lack of love and walking after the flesh. Such an individual, supposedly contending for the truth, is simply camouflaging the real person. The sinners of the world are men of the flesh. As such, they are not regenerated. They are therefore under the rule of their soul and body. For a believer to be fleshly signifies that he too is behaving like an ordinary man. Now it is perfectly natural for worldly people to be fleshly. It is understandable if even newly born babes, believers are fleshly. But if according to the years during which you have believed in the Lord, you ought to be spiritual, then how can you continue to behave as an ordinary man? It is evident that, oh, Jesus, wow, what's going on, Christ? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Mm. Okay. It is, mm. wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. I need to pray for the president. Father God, I come on behalf of President Barack Obama right now, Father. I come on behalf of President Barack Obama right now, Father. Okay, what's going on, Lord? What's going on? But yet, of course, she did hit it. 
That's it, Father. That's it right there. Now, 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 should have boosted it Now, Father, who are boosted it Now, Lord, I'm boosted it Send it Send it to Send it to Send it to Send it to Right there. Right there, Lord. Right there, Father. That's exactly where you are. Of course, now, Father. Now, Horumbo Shirakasa. Now, Lord, Rumboko Shirakada. Now, Lord, Rundi Shiriko, Sediko, Sandra Shiriko, Sandi Shirakasa. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shindro Shirakasa, and Deshirakandadiko, Sediko, Praka, Shiriko, Sediko, Sandra Gosa, Haradesha. Thank you, Father. Horubaka. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise. Thank you, Father. In your name it is done. Amen. Turn on the channel. I don't even know who it was. Cause didn't we just have a blood moon? 
It's coming up again, yeah. You said what? Yesterday. It was yesterday? Mm-hmm. The 20th. Oh, okay. was on the 20th. It's coming up on the 20th. It was. Oh, okay, okay. I know I've been hearing about a blood moon. Mm. Father God, I want you to work in that situation and circumstances. You know it needs to be worked in, Father. Father God, we're going to give you the glory and the praise. As the anointing of God flows forth here, your word will shine. God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm. Okay, now let's try this again. Mm-hmm. Paul wrote of yet another evidence of being fleshly when he affirmed that there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving like ordinary men? The sin of jealousy and strife is imminent proof of carnality. Dissensions were rifle in the church of Corinth, as is confirmed by such declarations as I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ, as 1 Corinthians 1 and 12. Even those who were contending for Christ by saying, I am of Christ, were included among the fleshly. For the spirit of flesh is always and everywhere jealous and contentious. For these to hold themselves up as being Christ, but in that attitude of spirit is inescapably carnal. However sweet the word may sound, any secretary in boasting is but babbling of a babe. The divisions in the church are due to no other cause than to lack of love and walking after the flesh. Such an individual, supposedly contending for truth, is simply camouflaging a real person. The sinners of the world are men of the flesh. As such, they are not regenerated. They are therefore under the rule of their soul and body. For a believer to be fleshly signifies that he too is behaving like an ordinary man. Now, it's perfectly natural for worldly people to be fleshly. It is understandable if even newly born believers are fleshy. But if according to the years during which you believed in the Lord, you ought to be spiritual, then how can you continue to behave as an ordinary man? It is evident that a person belongs to the flesh if he, com- if he comports himself like an ordinary man and sins often. No matter how much spiritual teaching he knows or how many spiritual experiences he purposes to have, or have or had or how much effective service he has rendered. None of these makes him less carnal if he remains undelivered from his peculiar temperament, his temper, his selfishness, his contention, his vainglory, his unforgiving or unloving spirit. To be fleshly or carnal means to behave like ordinary men. We should ask ourselves whether or not our conduct differs very radically from ordinary men. If many worldly manners cling to your life, then you are dollar still of the flesh. Let us not argue over being labeled as either spiritual or carnal. If we are not governed by the Holy Spirit, what profit will mere designation of spiritual be to us? This is, after all, a matter of life, not a title. The sin of the flesh. Mm. What the apostle was experiencing in Romans 7 was a war against the sin which abides in the body. Sin finding opportunity in the commandment deceived me. It was sin working death in me, sold under sin, but sin which dwells within me. Verses 11, 13, 14, 17, and 20. While still in the flesh, a believer is often is overcome by the sin within him. 
Many are the battles and many the sins committed. The necessities of the human body may be classified into three categories, nourishment, reproduction, and defense. Before, man, before man's fall, these were legitimate requirements unmixed with sin. Only after man fell into sin did these three become media for sin. In the case of nourishment, the world uses food to entice us. The first temptation of man is in this matter of food. As the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil entice Eve, so drinking and feasting have become a sin of the flesh today. Let us not lightly regard this issue of food, for many fleshly Christians have stumbled on this point. The carnal believers of Corinth stumbled their brethren on just this matter of food. All who went therefore to all who therefore to be elders and deacons in those days were required to have overcome on this point. First Timothy three three and eight. Only the spiritual person appreciates the unprofitableness of devoting himself to eating and drinking. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. First Corinthians ten and thirty one. Second, reproduction. Following the fall of man's reproduction was changing the human lust. The Bible especially connects lust with the flesh. Even in the Edenic Garden, the sin of covetous eating immediately aroused lust and shame. Paul puts these two together in his first letter to the Corinthians 6, 13, and 15, and definitely relates drunkenness to unrighteousness, verses 9 through 10. Now as to defense. When sin is secured to control, the body exhibits its strength and self-defense. It opposes anything which may interfere with its comfort and pleasure. What is commonly called temper and such of the fruits is anger and strife issue from the flesh, not therefore sins of the flesh. Because sin is the motivation behind self-defense, there is flow forth directly and indirectly from its numerous transgressions. How many of the darkest sins in this world spring from self-interest, self-existence, self-glory, self-opinion, and whatsoever else there is of self? An analysis of all the world's sins will demonstrate how they each relate to these three categories. A carnal Christian is one who is dominated by one, two, or all three of these items. While it amazes me no one for no while it amazes no one for a worldling to be ruled by the sin of his body, it ought to be viewed as very abnormal should a born again Christian remain long in the flesh, fail to subdue the power of sin, and live a life of ups and downs. A believer ought to allow the Holy Spirit to examine his heart and enlighten him as to what is prohibited by the law of the Holy Spirit and the law of nature, as to what hinders him from gaining temperance and self-control, as to what rules him and deprives him of liberty in his spirit to serve God freely. Unless these sins are taken away, he cannot enter richly into spiritual life. I think I'm going to stop it there. All right, let me mark this and go back. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It says, Paul wrote of yet another evidence of being fleshy when he affirmed that while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and believing like ordinary men? Now, for Going back again, Paul was talking to the church of Corinth. And look at how he keeps pointing this out. He keeps calling the children of God ordinary men. You're ordinary if you're doing this. You're ordinary. 
So basically what he's saying is you not need to be ordinary. You need to be extraordinary. You need to be different. Doesn't the word of God say that you're supposed to be a peculiar person? So now if you're acting like everybody else is acting, okay, so again, check again. This is how God sees it and how the world sees it. So the world would say, no, you're just doing like everybody else. You're ordinary. You're like everybody else. But that's not how God sees his children. That's not how we're supposed to act and behave. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to stick out. We're supposed to make a difference. We're supposed to stand in a way. We're supposed to listen and see God and let him guide and direct our hearts. So we we will be labeled. We will be talked about. We will be we will be put in the way of situations and circumstances on behalf of God, so that God can get the glory. So we so we have to have an expectation to be labeled as peculiar, weird, strange, different, and whatever else, and it'll be to the glory of God. We need not to pull away from those things that God is telling us to walk into. We need not to pull away from those things that God is saying, no, I need you to stand up. I need you to be different. I need you to go and do that peculiar thing for my name's sake. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Uh mm. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yes. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. To put it shortly, would it be better said that to get out of image and walk in light? Well, I mean, I think it's even deeper than image. Image is a, the image again is a, a um, I should say, a product of flesh. And okay. see, earlier he said that you had to become to acknowledge that there is a flesh nature. So okay. image is a product of the flesh, but he's trying to take it. Let's go to the root cause. Get an understanding that your flesh nature. You got to understand that the flesh has a nature of its own, and begin to see it for what it is. And then once you begin to see it for what it is, then like I said, we talked about divorce. Then you can become divorced of it. Mhm. Okay. The reason why I say the image is because what people will claim, but the words that's coming out of their mouth, that's what they believe in. But mm-hmm. then a lot of times they get misdirected by sleight of hands, and it's what majority of what's around them. So, you know, like the old saying goes, what you hang around, you're, you are a product of what you hang around. Mm-hmm. And then, just like I said um, yesterday, you know, going in for the boat, you can try to pull somebody in, but then you still have to stay a sound mind not to let them to pull you under while you're trying to pull them up. Am I on the right path? You said what? Am I on the right path? You're on the right path, dear. Oh, boy, the the Kumbraka, Sitakanda. Okay, where we at? He said, The sin of jealousy and strife is imminent proof of carnality. 
Dissensions were rightful in the church of Corinth, and is confirmed by such declarations as I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ. Even those who were contending for Christ by saying, I am of Christ, were included among the fleshly. For the spirit of flesh is always and everywhere jealous and contentious. So again, he's 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 pointing out even though you know they had all these divisions, which is and that say that divisions. So now let's go and break this down, and we got all these different types of churches. You got the Baptist, the Methodist, the Episcopalian. Okay, you know I I, I follow TD, I follow Joel Osteen. I you know we supposed to be following Christ, right? So now, anytime we got these 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 divisions, and even in the own church, in our individual churches, you know, when they're talking about one another, or whatever, that's okay. What you need to do as a mature Christian, because I'm gonna say everybody that who's listening, participating in this line, as a mature Christian, when you see these things, you don't run up there and try to correct them. You leave it alone. You pray for them. You stand back, you pray for them. When your Lord starts pointing things out, you say, okay, this person or this situation is going to be in my prayer list. Or I'm going to need to engage them. Now, once you begin to engage in prayer for them, once you begin to seek the Holy Spirit regarding and interceding, and I'm not talking about Father God protect them and let them, and, you know, not that two second pray that prayer that you're gonna say and walk away. And I said, no, you go to spend some time on a daily basis, however the Lord may may lead your heart to stand the gap for them on a diligent basis. And then as you do that, then as the Holy Spirit begins to bring them across your path or bring situations across your path, then you allow him to show you and to teach you what to say, how, and what to do. We don't see, again, if we begin to see these situations occur and then all of a sudden we jump judgmental or we try to correct them or we try to tell them where they're missing it, you're walking in carnality yourself. See, these are all just different levels of the flesh. Jesus has has to teach us how to walk in love. Again, see, even in this dissensions here, I belong to Paul, I belong to Paul, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ. He was even pointing out those who are talking about they belong to Christ are still walking in flesh. They're just different levels. We all belong to Christ, but we got to all walk in love. Everybody's at different levels. And you cannot beat somebody across the head with the word. All it's going to do is make them become hard-headed and pull away. You can't make somebody change. That's why when you pray for them, that gives God the opportunity to work on their heart. So then he'll show you whether or not. Now, you might need to plant a seed. You might need to. See, it's a difference when you cut them in love by being led by the Holy Spirit. Then they're ready to receive it. If you try to go cut them from just from something you see, they won't receive it, and not only receive it, then they'll pull away from you and 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 come, become even more close-minded. But see, when you cut somebody in love, they're gonna hurt. They're gonna pull back. They might even call you a bunch of names. But see, now it's, it's that seed is sown at the right time in the right manner. 
That seed is sown. Then God can say, okay, see, now I got your attention. Now I can show you this. Because, again, see, all of us have been there. We all have done things or do things, and, and that's just who we are. That's what we do, and we'll do it, and we'll do it, do it. Then one day something happens. We do the same thing, and for whatever reason, something registers. Somebody says something. We see something. And then, you know what? Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am missing it. Uh, wait a minute, God, uh, uh, is this true? And then we'll go to his word, and then we begin to see another way, and then we become convicted, and then he can say, now we can be, now he can begin to make a change in our hearts. So that's, again, so that's why you got to walk with wisdom and let the Holy Spirit lead you regarding this thing, because if not, you'll push somebody away rather than pulling them closer to God. It says, for these to hold themselves up as being a Christ, but in that attitude of spirit is inescapably carnal. However sweet the word may sound, any secretary in boasting is but the babbling of a babe. The divisions in the church are due to no other cause than lack of love and walking after the flesh. Such an individual, supposedly contending for the truth, is simply camouflaging a real person. The sinners of the world are men of flesh, as such they are not regenerated. Therefore, they are under the rule of their soul and body. For a believer to be fleshly signifies that he too is behaving like an ordinary man. Again, he comes with this ordinary man. He's saying, people of the world to do this, okay, expect that for them. You expect a little ba- a little one-year-old to maybe not be potty trained. You expect a little one-year-old maybe not to, you know, I cry when he wants something instead of, hey, can, can I get something to eat? But, see, when you become older and more mature, you have different expectations, and that's basically what he's saying. The people of the world are acting the way that they're supposed to act. Mm-hmm. So, so when somebody from the world comes and cuts you, calls you fools, and, and all this and other, and gets on your nerves, well, okay, that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> they are being led by their father. It's just that simple. You know, but you got to be led by your father. That, see that now see that's what so we're not to be ordinary. He is saying these people of the world are ordinary, they're doing what they we're not to be ordinary, we're to be extraordinary. It says for a believer to be fleshy signifies that he too is behaving like an ordinary man. Now it's perfectly natural for worldly people to be fleshly. It is understandable even if newly born believers are fleshly. But if according to the years during which you have believed in the Lord you ought to be spiritual, then how can you continue to behave as an ordinary man? He just said, you know, really, it's time to grow up. Now, growing up ain't easy. Growing up ain't easy. And growing up is a little bit different in the time frame that we think of as far as, you know, the natural self. Sometimes you can grow up quicker spiritually. Sometimes it might take you a little longer. It just really depends on the individual. And, and and even like he pointed out in the lessons before, you know, if you're into, if you're not getting fed, then you're not going to grow. You know, nowadays, because of the way society is, it's easier for us to get fed. You got bookstores with all kind of stuff around you. You got stuff on TV. You got, you got stuff on TV, on the radio, all type of stuff, almost 24 hours a day. So it's easier for someone to get fed if they desire to be fed now. Not before where you might not, okay, like Sherry lives in Osaka. She might have one, one, maybe two churches, 
you know, in a, in a whole area. To, and, and she can go to both of them and not get fed. Well, now she can turn on the TV. Now she can go to the bookstore. Now she can get on the prayer line, on the commute. So she's got options, whereas before, back in the day, we didn't have those options. So, again, so somebody not to be fed nowadays, it basically comes down to a choice. They don't desire it. Or maybe they're not ready for it yet. Right. Oh, whatever. So again, we're not to be we're not to be trying to put ourselves in the position of God as far as telling somebody what they're ready and what they're not. No, we're supposed to walk in love. And again, I I, I cannot implore this any more than it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you what to say or what to do or what not to say or what not to do. And if you got any doubt about it, just go back and pray. If it's truly for you for you to do something, he will train you, he will show you, and he will create the opportunity. See, what you need to understand, God wants this person, God wants us to walk more in love than we want to walk more in love. God wants his word out there more than we want to. So wait a minute, now hold up. If I'm praying for God showing me to pray for this person, God showing me I need to do I need to get a seal, I need to do something for this person. Don't you think God is gonna create an opportunity in order for that to be done at the right time? So we don't have to try to force it down somebody's throat. We don't have to try to well no this no, we just have to be patient. And let the Holy Spirit lead you. If you are truly standing in the gap, if you are truly praying for somebody, oh, an opportunity is going to present itself. And if nothing else, it might be an opportunity for you to, to learn how to walk in patience. It might be an opportunity for you to learn how to walk in love. It might be an opportunity for you to learn how to keep your mouth shut and maybe not have anything to say to that person, but to pray on behalf of them and somebody else will minister to them. See, we don't know how God is going to operate, and it's not our job to do such. It's our job to listen, to seek, and to be obedient, to humble, and to obey, and let the Lord lead us. God, as far as I know of, is the only one that's omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. That's mean all-knowing, all everywhere, and in everything. We're limited. He's infinite. We're finite. So we have to we have to just really accept that we don't know and he calls us sheep that means we some dumb animals. We have to accept that, get up out of pride, get up out of flesh and let him lead and guide and direct us. It is evident that a person belongs to the flesh if he comports himself like an ordinary man and sins often. No matter how much spiritual teaching he knows or how many spiritual experience he purports to have or how much effective service he has rendered, none of these make him less carnal. If he remains undelivered from his peculiar temperament, his temper, his selfishness, his contention, his vainglory, his unforgiving or unloving spirit, to be fleshly or carnal means to behave like ordinary men. We should ask ourselves whether or not our conduct differs very radically from ordinary man. If many worldly manners cling to your life, then you are doubtless still of the flesh. Let us not argue over being labeled as either spiritual or carnal. If we are not governed by the Holy Spirit, what profit will the mere designation of spiritual be to us? This is, after all, a matter of life, not of title. Amen. Getting caught up in titles and 
And then, like you said, like you said, image. <laughs> you just talked mm-hmm. about. It. You just talked about that, and he's he's trying to tell us it's so much deeper than that. You know, we. I'm reading this. And I'm saying, oh yeah, Lord. I, I'm as I'm reading. I'm going, mm, ouch, ouch, ooh, yeah. Okay, I ain't. I okay. I I got issues. I got to work out. I ain't there. Me neither, Sam. Me neither. You know, but and and I, as God. Just continue to help me, God. Continue to grow me up. Yeah. And and, and Lord, that's all I say. Just continue to be God. <laughs> and, and continue to show me how to be me and to walk after you. Yes. And and, and help me where I'm weak. Help me where I'm struggling. Help me where I'm defiant. And help me where I'm rebellious. That, that what that, hey again that Lord that's what I, I need you to do and and and, and I, that's why I'm at with this that's why I'm at I'm better I'm much better than I was but I still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I love it. Amen. And you know and again if we can do that that would help you walk so much more in love to get that log out of your own eye rather than that speck in your brother's. If, when you begin to really see your shortcomings, your faults, your 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 the, the, your things, and you know what, look, I, I, I tell anybody, look, I can't be judgmental about you. I'm just, I look, I'm just, I'm just talking to you. I'm praying for and, and I, I, I can't be judgmental about what you're doing. Right. Do you, look, you got issues just like me, and look, you, you just might not know or see all my issues. Or matter of fact, you might know or see some of my issues. You know, look, I got, I'm just trying to, what I see, what I know, again, what I feel led to tell you, you know, and that's what it is. But, no, I'm not trying to say, and I will always point you to Christ. No, don't look at me. I really, I look, I hate being an example, all honesty. That's one of me and go, God, why you got to keep doing, why, why I got to be, why you got to use me, Lord, I, I don't like it. And that's what he chooses to do. Uh, yeah, that, that's one of me and his arguments. Yeah, you know, I, I, he uses me for an example for things. Oh, well, I just, I can tell, look, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to get myself out of situations and circumstances. I'm just trying to stand together. That's all I'm trying to do now. He chooses to use it for his glory. Well, I'm not going to get in the way. I'd be the fool to try to do such. I don't understand it all, or I don't like it all. Now, that's me. That's one of me and him when we go at it. But I'm not going to try to stop it. I, I don't even. I, I I don't even have the fight to, to for that fight anymore. I I I got too much. It's cost. It costs me too much energy to fight the things that I, I have to fight, the battles that I have to fight. So why am I going to try to get in the way of what God is doing for my good and for His glory? That would be foolishness. Yeah. Amen. It says, what the apostle was experiencing in Romans 7 was a war against the sin which abides in the body. He's trying to say this sin lives in the body. Then See, that's what he was trying to say before when he's talking about we got to get to, he's got to, okay, when the law came, the law came out to point out sin. Because before people were sinning, but there was no law. So now Paul is saying, okay, we're under grace now, but now I need to point out flesh. You cannot begin to put down the works of the flesh if you don't even understand that you have a flesh nature. 
So yeah. that's what he's saying. He says, what the Apostle Paul was experiencing in Romans 7 was a war against the sin which abides in the body. It lives there. That's its domain. That's where it comes in at. Sin finding an opportunity in the commandment deceived me. It was sin working death in me, sold under sin, but sin which dwells within me. It lives there, verse 11, 13, 14, 17, and 20. While still in the flesh, a believer is often overcome by the sin with him, not sometimes, but often. Many are the battles, and many the sins committed. The necessities of the human body may be classified into three categories, nourishment, reproduction, and defense. Before man's fall, these were legitimate requirements unmixed with sin. Only after man fell into sin did these three become media for sin. In the case of nourishment, the world uses food to entice us. The first temptation of man is this matter of food. As the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil entice Eve, so drinking and feasting have become a sin of the flesh today. Let us not lightly regard this issue of food, for many fleshly Christians have stumbled on this point. The carnal believers of Corinth stumbled their brethren on this just this matter of food. All who therefore to be elders and deacons in those days were required to overcome have, were required to have overcome on this point. First Timothy is three. First Timothy three three and eight. Only the spiritual person appreciates unprofitableness of devoting himself to eating and drinking. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. First Corinthians ten and thirty one. So he's pointing out this first of all he's broken down into three categories. He said, nourishment, reproduction, and the defense. Okay, that that that's basically what this whole, well, those, those are three categories of our body. All right, so we got to eat. It's just, it's just a necessity. So he's saying that until after the fall, then things got perverted. It's not the natural way that God intended it. Okay, so now... That's why one of the ways God, when you really draw closer to God, is by fasting and prayer. But again, the Holy Spirit needs to lead you into doing that. Because you have a lot of people who fast, and even in the Word of God, talks about who the, who the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, who pride themselves on fasting. And I have been, I didn't do the sins. See, even them fasting, which is, which is a basic necessity, if it's done without the Spirit of the Lord leading you, is still not spiritual. So he's saying, by the how it got perverted after the fall, that our nourishment, we got to have food. But now how's been the you know I I the food entitled the commercials the way they have you eat them and and um, and he even broke it down more than because you know than just like a weight issue or and the overindulgence because he's talking about high feasting and drinking and being merry eating and overindulging himself and just just getting caught away and all these different things. So we think I was just thinking literally about you know eating the right foods. You know he even broke it down even more than that. And so it's just saying how it how it how it is just led so far away from what his original intention was. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And see, even back in those days, they had those who were eating food that was sacrificed to idols. 
And even David, when he went to the temple and he ate ate the food to the sacrifice, and he said, you know what is basic bottom line is if you have a total understanding of what it is, okay, if it was sacrifice to God already, then what you're supposed to do throw away throw it away while I'm starving. That you know, so sometimes common sense needs to walk in. But even when they had the food sacrifice to the idols in the um uh in the New Testament. And Paul was saying, hey, look, if me eating this food is going to bother you, then I won't eat it just because of you. But not because it's, it's a, you know, it's basically it's food. I understand it's wasted food, but they don't understand it. But I don't want to walk. I don't want to hurt your walk. I don't want to hurt your growth. So, again, that's where wisdom's coming in. And that's, again, walking in love. Second, reproduction. Following the fall of man, reproduction was changed in the human lust. I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay. The Bible especially connects lust with the flesh. Yeah. Even in the Edenic garden, the sin of covetousness, eating immediately aroused lust and shame. Paul puts these two together in his first letter to the Corinthians 6, 13, and 15, and definitely relates drunkenness to unrighteousness, verse 9 and 10. Now, as to defense, when sin is secure control, the body exhibits its strength and self-defense. It opposes anything which may interfere with its comfort and pleasure. Wait a minute. Hold up. I'm going to defend anything that I want to do. It's my, it's my, it's my body and I want it now. Well, what's the thing? With all, all, think about all the advertisements and everything. You know, in other words, I, I want it my way. I need to do things the way I want, when I want, how I want it. It's just, it's just the nature of the flesh. So he's talking about reproduction and the lust. He's talking about the, how, the way that I eat and think and, and all that. All, it's, 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 it's I, I have a right to this. Well, actually, yeah, you do. And that's very true. It's very true. But what he's going to point out later on is that, True. That might you might have a right to do this because of the nature, but you need to get understand the nature of your, what's going on, and uh, compared to the word of God, God gave us free will. But now, when your right violates His word, then that com- that um, raises a problem. It says, now it's defense when sin is secured to control the body is its strength and self defense. It opposes anything which may interfere with its comfort and pleasure. What is commonly called temper, and such of its fruits as anger and strife, issue from the flesh and are therefore sins of the flesh. Because sin is the motivation behind self-defense, there has flowed forth directly and indirectly from its numerous transgressions. How many of the darkest sins in this world spring from self-interest, self-existence, self-glory, self-opinion, and whatsoever else there is of self? He says, because sin is the motivation behind self-defense. And see, that's like he said that, that's what I was saying when you were talking about image. I understand what you're talking about image, but I'm saying flesh is behind the image. And that's, that's so we've got to always go back to the root. So many times mm-hmm. we're dealing with the, the, the fruits or we're dealing with the limbs, we need to go to the root. Because even if we take the fruits or the fruit and the limbs off, if we don't get that root, out of there, that tree is going to keep growing. And that's that's what God wants us to do. But see, now God, in his in His wisdom and his glory and his, uh, and his all understanding, some of us are not ready to deal with the root of the problems in our life. 
Okay, now this is only a God-directed thing. So he knows where you're at. He knows how to get you where he wants you to be. And it's his job, and if you leave him alone, he'll do it. A lot of the things where we're walking and we're dealing that with in our life, we weren't ready to see or deal with them a couple of years ago, five, ten years ago. But God, when we some of us, we, and we always talk about when we're out there just doing, doing us, what were we in, calling ourselves, ourself, our self-comfort, our self-defense, uh, what were all the things you just talked about, self. We're out there just being us, being me. This is who I am, doing what I want to do. We weren't ready for for his word, but he still loved us. He still got us to this point. He still he still strived with us. That's what the Holy Spirit strived with us. He still strives. Just like that's why again, that's why I don't get judgmental about some of the youth today or whatever. I was I ministered to a young girl, a friend of Morgan's the other day. And I said, you know what, in all honesty, I said, I wish because I, I know she we kinda went there, did a little deliverance and she just had that look on her face, like, what is going on? You know, and after I finished, I said, well, you know what, I said, you know, I know you probably don't understand a lot of this, I said, but in all reality, I wish somebody would have done this for me. It would have kept me out of a lot of situations and circumstances that I got myself into. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so, and, and I just did what I needed to do, and afterwards I just got up, went back to work, and then later on she came in and she said, I feel so much better. So that just was the, well, God, I wasn't, because she, like, she, she didn't really have an understanding, so she just kind of looked at me like, oh, what's going on? But she just talked about how she felt so much better when she first came over there. She wasn't able to talk, and she was all upset, but now she felt so much more peace and calm. I said, okay, well, Lord, I didn't waste my time, and I was obedient, and I was correct. You know, so, but again, she's young. She's going to do a lot. And I ain't trying to say this. I'm not trying to give license to this. I'm just trying to tell you, again, that flesh nature, that maturity, they're going to do stupid stuff. We're older and we still do stupid stuff. Right. <laughs> so, so we don't need to jump down their throat. We need to try to correct and direct them in love. Right. Correct and direct. And let God guide us. And if we do that, it will be much more effective than anything else that we do. Right. When they get it for themselves, it goes a whole lot deeper. They, exactly. Ex- ooh, mm, that's it. They got to get it for themselves. And see, again, even when a, sometimes we got to see God couldn't, ooh, like I was talking about, like, you know, when we were walking with praying for somebody, until we can get it for ourselves, we won't receive it. Right. So all we're doing is browbeating somebody. But until, now, how are we going to get until the, until the maturity level has gotten to a certain point and the opportunity presents itself and we're ready to receive it and we're tired of everything else. So until all those four or five things line up in correct harmony, then something's going to be missing and we're not going to receive it. Wow. And God is the only one. What did I just say? you got to be mature enough. You got to be ready. A situation got to line itself up, and you got to be tired of all the other stuff you've been done. In other words, I I need something different. So all those things have to line up in an individual, so that now when that same thing whatever presents itself, now 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 I, I'm ready to receive it. Other than that, I'm not saying you're not going to receive it, but you said they're not going to get it for themselves. But now once they get it for themselves. Then they're then they they they're ready to walk up and they're ready to do the things that God wants them to do. They're ready to to be used by God. 
But other than that, I mean, because we're always going to be pulled back and forth again because we're covered in this flesh. That's, that battle is going to be there until the day that we shut our eyes and we wake, wake up in glory. But the strength of that drive, the strength of that is, is going to diminish more and more and more as you yield, as you grow, and as the Word of God grows inside of you. And when you get to the point that you get it for yourself, you understand it for yourself, then you have a desire for the things of God, and the desire for the things of the world begin to diminish. You begin to rise up and walk in the anointing and the calling and the purpose of God that He's purposed you to do. But, again, he's the only one that can orchestrate that. And then, now, coming back, I talk, pointed out about four or five different things that have to line themselves up. So, now, what's important, this is why it's important that you pray. This is why it's important that you stand gap. Whether or not that you may or may not be the person that's going to minister, is going to drop the seed, but you need to be the one that prays. Because now we talked about the prince of the power of the air, who, again, we talked about when God formed the six, six seven days, or the, six, the seven day he rested, the six days he's worked. The one day he did not say it is good was the day that he separated the firmament from the heavens above and the firmament from the heavens beneath. Why did he not say it was good? Because immediately once he formed that the prince of the power of the air filled this atmosphere. So now when you pray, you cause a delict to go up to give God legal right to come in, and I'm going to say it this way, to interfere in somebody else's life. And I just say interfere for lack of a better word. But intercede, interfere, gives God legal license to come in and now act on behalf of someone who's not desiring it, who doesn't want it, who doesn't see it, and may not even be his child. But you stand in the gap gives God legal right. But again, God's not going to violate his own world, his own word. Right now, this is Satan's kingdom. So now, by us being ambassadors of Christ, that means we're on foreign territory representing him. So now, by us being ambassadors, and he puts it upon our heart to stand the gap in the inner sea, that's giving God legal license to go and stand on behalf of somebody else who doesn't even want it, who doesn't even know him. So don't limit, oh, I'm just praying for somebody. No, have an understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and giving God legal license to go and love on that person and lead them to him. So just because you pray and you don't minister, don't worry about it. Like Pastor Mark said, when he went to, went, to, went to Africa, he was the precursor. After that, then came the big-name prophets, the Benny Hens and all the other stuff. Then he broke up the ground. And they may not even know a Pastor Mark. But I guarantee if he had not went in there and broke up the ground, they wouldn't have been able to go in there. See, the Marines go in first. Then the other troops come in after them. If the Marines don't go in, the other troops can't even land on the ground. And that's your lesson for the day. Well, Sam, you know, what you just said, I had went through something like that um, back a while ago. It was a friend of mine, and at the time she had taken on a whole lot. And then... Since it was a lot, it started to falter. Okay, so out of that, she was hurt. So someone came across, and she took on an opportunity to date this person. Now, this person has a mate already. 
and she told, she called me up and she told me, oh, I'm not like you. I can't be by myself and blah, 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 blah. I said, well, you know something? Um, you know what you're about to go into ain't right, right? Yeah, but I still don't want to be by myself. Mm. I said, but you believe in Jesus, right? He said, yeah, so Jesus and Holy Spirit is always with you. Now, well, I, 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 I just can't, I just can't. So in the meantime, because she had a little girl, the little girl was giving her hell. Little girl wasn't giving nobody else hell, just her. <laughs> and um, if I said something to the little girl, she just a snapper. I'm like, okay. But um, back to her going to uh, be with this person who always already has a mate. Um, I also asked her, I said, now, you know, if you go into agreement with this person, that, you know, you got a day coming, too. She said, what do you mean? I said, if he'll treat his mate like this, mm-hmm. using you, you know mm-hmm. it's going to be a day coming where he already, where you already went into agreement with him when you did this to his wife. You got a day coming, too. So why do you feel an exempt? You already see what type of person that they are by how they're treating the mate that they have already. And she said, well, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I said, okay. I said, now, you're grown, right? Yeah. You understand fully what you're getting into? I said, because what you're going into agreement with, um, don't feel exempt when he starts doing it to you. Well, I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, okay, okay. I say, you know something, at this point, I place you on the altar and thank you for freeing me. I said, because if I sit up here and I go in and sympathize with you about something that you didn't really do that you know ain't right, then that, that I'm allowing you to pull I'm allowing you to pull me into your storm. And I don't have time for that. So if that's what you're looking to do, I don't have time for it. I said, but then, too, you see your child over there acting out and stuff? There's a reason why she's acting out. So maybe you need to go into deep prayer and have them to take those blinders off and see what you're doing. Mm. Wow. So she's like, well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want nobody talking about me. I said, but the folks that's talking about you don't understand. And why would you even put your focus on them in the first place? I said, are they helping you are they, or are they hindering you? Or are you just a toy for the day? <laughs> wow. I said, so while you see that I'm sitting over here by myself, ain't bothering nobody, but ain't trying to lash out and take out my anger out on anybody. So you let me know that who you're working for and that you're trying to see if you can get me off my focus, which ain't happening. So that's why I'm going to put you on the altar. I love you dearly. I'm not here to pass judgment, but you already stated to me that you know better. So all of this stuff that it seems like it feels good, you think that it looks good, and you can put as much powdered sugar over mess, mess will eventually still melt through. 
And when that melt, when that mess melts through all that powdered sugar that you think is so glorious, be ready to go ahead and meet up with it because you knew about it before you even let it get that far. I said, so it's totally up to you. You can't make anybody do anything. And you would rather for somebody to come to you in pure heart and show that they were your missing real, I mean, your missing real cage and you're the missing real. But if you want to go into this all me self-indulgent, and what about me? What about you? Because you still got to rely on these other people that surround you. Now, do you want them to look at you as a as a positive, or do you want to look at, or do you want them to look at you as a cancer? This is totally up to you. And so then she went on saying, "She said, well, I thought you were supposed to save me.' I said, I can't save your free will." That's yours. Now, you already agreed with me for what I asked you. Did you understand? Now, if you still want to be on the opposing side, then that's what you decide to do with your free will. Again, I cannot allow you to pull me into your storm. And you look at a lot of this stuff, you know, just like with the... um, the shootings and stuff like that. You have people that's going after certain people. But look how many other people that they pulled into their store, they got hurt. So uh, at that point, you know, for the young lady that you talked to, she didn't understand her free will. As you said, she was in a corner, right? So she was in a what? Okay, when you were talking to that young lady, she didn't totally understand her free will. Oh, okay. And she was walking in the corner? Right. Okay. And so you giving her a word, she started to, her free will started to awaken or her understanding of her free will starting to awaken. And then in the same time, so like you said, you've been there yourself. And with you having the ability to get through to awaken hers, you'll be a part of the instrument enough to awake hers. You also let God know that Okay, yeah, he got it. <laughs> because you went through it. Like you said, you went through it yourself. Now, to lift up somebody else that's going through it. Okay, that that's going to make God shine. And he said, okay, hey, yeah, well, you know, he went through all of this now. He's able to minister to this person right here to get them to understand that. Mm-hmm. So we are going to come across people that's going to hit all of those levels, as you said. But then, too, for the things that we have gone through, and then for the understanding that we got through the Holy Spirit and Jesus, it's up for us to go ahead and shine and say, okay, I went back. I understand that better now. Mm 
and I can go ahead and tell somebody else without leading them astray and down a um, downward spiral path. So you gonna get that phone to wake up. You gonna be able to wake them up. It's gonna be some that's gonna be um, standing hardcore. Mm-hmm. But it's still up to us to go ahead and plant that seed, pray on it, to give it nourishment, and then see how the Holy Spirit and Jesus want to work with us. Because we were going through John, I think it was John 15, and the uh, the analogy of the um, true vine, mm-hmm. and we were going across the word to um, purge it. So we were going over where a lot of people's understanding is purging and cutting off the dead leaves. Mm-hmm. But Pastor went in further saying that he doesn't get rid of the dead leaves. He just put them over to the side to work on to clean them up so he can bring them back into the vine. Hmm. And where they can be a much more better use instead of being uh, a choker. Hmm. So there's a lot of dead leaves out there. We got to revive back to not being dried out, but to put some more moisture, some positive moisture into them so that they can bear fruit. Okay, you got the mic again. <laughs> well, I'm done with the reading, so. Hey, Sam. Huh? Yeah, I, uh, I've been picking up on a lot about what you've been reading today and what uh, Renee's been talking about, and this is this is what I got from it, and it, it was very powerful for me. Um, the first thing that I picked up on was we all got issues, and sin finds an opportunity to deceive us. That was a powerful statement that you said, that sin finds an opportunity to deceive us. Um, if if we're not walking, uh, okay, so I'm going to read the next part. What are we eating? Are we eating stuff in the flesh or are we eating stuff in the spirit? Mm. And and then she talked about the the, late, the the girl, my body, I want it now. See, she's she's not walking in the fullness of God's timing. So... You've got you've got the impatient, impractical, being deceived, eyes are closed, not knowing, you know, knowing but not understanding where she's heading. And so her timing and her patience is not there. And I think that uh for all of us we we want to fight God with his timing and our timing and wanting it now. And there's where the immaturity comes in. Because without without uh, listening to God or without waiting on the Lord, and then I go back to the scripture on uh, Isaiah forty thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, not walk and not faint. So if we're not waiting on the Lord, we're going to be weak. Uh. If we don't wait on the Lord. And we don't listen to His timing because you know even when you're witnessing, you don't pour out the whole book. On somebody that's a, a new baby in Christ, or even somebody who's who doesn't know Christ, you don't just pour out everything on them and mm. say, "I'm going to say what I please, when I please, how I please." 
You can't do that because because there are seasons for everything, and in those seasons, that's when you begin to understand God has a perfect design, time, and plan for everything. He created and he orchestrated it all. It may be not until the very end of their life that they receive Christ, but if we follow what Christ would have us do patiently and pray for them patiently, and not to push God, but let God lead, then then it'll work out for all all things will work out for good. And then another thing that I really got that I really liked was greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We're not victims here, we're victors. Mm. Walk in that fullness of that resurrected power that's in us. Christ gave us the power to overcome everything. If we are baptized in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit then that spirit, like you said, should be stronger than that which is in our flesh. And so the carnal man, the carnal man of the flesh, can be crucified. It can be because Christ is in us to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness, cleanse us and, and, and show us when we do something. And then, then again, we have that free will, repent and turn to the Lord, and he will abundantly pardon us. But if we don't repent, then we go to Isaiah 55, verse 7. I mean, Isaiah today, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And unto our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So see, and then and then I like this one too. It's First John, I believe, 1.8. Let me check it out here. I like these verses. <laughs> Tell I've really been in the Word a lot. Okay. Um, let's see. If we can, one nine, First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then it goes on to saying, if we have not, if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and the Word is not in us. Mm. See, if we don't say we're, we're sinners, you know, if we if we don't confess that we have sinned. You know, if, if if we're selfish, I, I can, perfect example, you know, how many times do we take offense at something somebody said? How many times do we get angry with our brothers and sisters in Christ or even our own family members? How many times do we respond in anger? We, we talked about temper. Man, I tell you, yesterday I had a temper. I have a temper. And I'll be honest with you, Sam, that's, a, that's, a, that's an area of the flesh for me that I have to let the Holy Spirit govern over me. Mm -hmm. In that peace, daily to choose to walk in that peace and to know that I'm in a safe place with Christ. I think the main thing, and, and, and for so many of us, we don't feel safe. We're in a place of in, in uh, non-security. We don't feel secure in Christ. We don't, at least I don't. At times, I don't feel safe in my journey. I feel like, okay, things are coming in on me, and, I, you know, I, for me, my eyes have to be open so that I can see that safe path, that I'm on a safe path, and that the enemy can, can only do what God allows it to do, you know. It, can't, it, can't, it can come in, but it cannot destroy me. Mm. Just like, okay, and then a perfect example the car accident on the 11th, I got hit. 
I've got I've got some problems with my brain on the right lobe. I've got whiplash. I've got tight cords in my neck. But look at this. It did not hit the tr- it did not hit the gas tank. I had a headrest. My neck did not snap. I am not dead. I walked away. Sure, I've got a lot of issues, but I'm still alive, and I can speak, and I can, I can walk. Mm. So praise God. What the enemy meant for bad, God meant for good. And and in this process, I'm having to learn to wait on the Lord even more, because when when you've got some some brain injury, your body, your brain has to rewire itself another area of your brain to take over. And that, my friend, is going to take time. That is going to take a lot of time. And I can't get frustrated with it. I can't get angry at God for it. I can't blame anybody for it. It's just, like you say, it is what it is. And I got to wear the brace on my neck. You know, I take it on and off. Depends on the time of the day. But this is longevity. This is not a short-term thing. And God is saying, slow down. Be patient. Wait on me. And... Today, I'll give you sufficient for what you need for today. It's just like in a marriage. You can't you can't figure, okay, I'm with this person for a lifetime. You don't think that way. You think, boy, I've got today with this person, and this person is special for today. I'm going to enjoy what I have. And that's the way Christ wants. Christ wants us to enjoy every day we have with him. You know, Christ didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. He came to give abundant life. And so we're full, we're, 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 we have that opportunity to realize that we can walk in peace, in joy, in thankfulness, appreciation, um, without taking offense, without being angry, and walking in that safety zone where we can be safe in Christ. For me, I think the main thing that I'm struggling with is knowing that I'm safe. After the accident, that that's on the forefront of me. Am I really safe? You know, I can't drive right now. I got a neck brace. Louie does all the driving. And I can't look to the right or the left. I have to look forward because Louie's driving, you know. And so I'm getting, like, oh, is, he, is anybody following us? You know, I'm asking, but, oh. And so that safety thing, that safety of feeling secure in Christ and secure in Louie's driving, it's just, it's just, it's so, for me, it's so difficult right now. So, but you can see that. And for me to realize, and, and I know so many times you've, you've, you've asked me to recognize that Christ has enveloped me in his loving arms. For me, it's been so difficult to do that. Even in the, in the years that we've been together on the phone, it's been so difficult for me to see him holding me in his loving arms. Because I just couldn't see it. And so a couple nights ago I said, God, just let me see it. Let me see you holding me. Let me see you protecting me. Let me see you giving me, you know, the strength and, and all that. Because for me, I've had tunnel vision. I haven't been able to see it. The enemy has deceived my eyes to the point where I, 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 I struggle with that. So. Okay, I'm done. I'm just listening to y'all. So y'all, 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 y'all done tag team minister today. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. So, Sam, will you pray for me for safety, knowing that I am safe? Because that's an issue for me. That's always been an issue for me. Even as a child, as a as a babe, you go clear back 
to my dad, me to my uncle as a baby, just two or three, and, and the dog jumped on me. Scared me as a baby, and I was always afraid. I, I always walked in fear of, of, of just being attacked or hurt. And there's so many people in this world that feel the same way. There's no safe zone for them to go to. And I can just see that. I can see that. I can see that it's not just me. There's thousands of millions of people that don't feel safe. They just don't feel safe. You can go in Chicago and people are carrying guns. How many of us don't feel safe? But God wants us to know we are safe in his loving care. And nothing will, you know, will, will hurt us that he doesn't allow. I guess that's, that's my plea for today is just to know that I'm safe. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. And with you saying that, I just thought about something because you know how um, you see seeing all the police officers are being, there's a light being shined on the bad ones. Yeah. You know, by accosting minority young men, either what they consider um, in their own white trash, killing them or beating them up. Yeah. And we have been taught for a long time that. This was both of them part of our protectors. But these are criminal protectors. Yes. Okay. And then even like with the people who we vote into office, they said that they are willingly going in to be public servants, but <laughs> I'm sorry. They're looking like public pimps. Yeah. I mean, they keep telling us, well, you don't have any money. You You don't have any money. But in the meantime, their salaries and pay raises are still coming right along, so how come we don't have any money? Our tax dollars are our tax dollars are paying them, so how come we don't have any money? So our our trust and everything has got to go back to Jesus. Yes. Because Egypt has raised his head once again. Yeah. And it's showing it. And they don't care if you see them or not. Because they think that they got you. They think that they got us on the fence. But as they talk about these eclipses, these blood moons, okay. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had to laugh because uh, I was just getting into going into into Bible study on the regular. It was in the book of Exodus. Right. And... Where I live, there's a creek that kind of um, encircles like about a third of the town. And I had went outside when, when my daughter came in the house, and she said, Ma. I said, what? She said, there's frogs everywhere. Hmm. I said, really? <laughs> so you got to be kidding. And some other dog, she came and she said, yeah, they're all down the street. They're doing like a migration. I said, Really? And so the next day I had, uh, and this was my car was running, I had pulled out the driveway, came on back in later on, and my daughter said, when I got left behind, it was a little baby frog still intact, just there. Mm -hmm. I said, really? I mean, but, you know, as 
time goes on and on, and then we listen to the news and they get out, give out their interpretation and some of the scientific end. But as we as, as you stated yesterday, Sam, nothing is new. And back then, it was a symbol for those checking gods. But then, but our God, they he had something much better and much stronger than what those checking gods was doing. So we definitely have to be um, deeply rooted in trust, love, faith, and highly believing. So the colonel, they're showing themselves, and they're showing themselves uh, ever so uh, abundantly. Yeah. So we got to show our God ever so abundantly. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sam, you got the mic again. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to pray for Sherry. I'm going to pray for Cheryl. Pray for Erica. Pray for Renee. Thank you. I'm going to start in that order. And anybody else that can come on and speak up. Father God, I want to lift up Sherry and Louie. I want to lift up Sherry and Louie. I want to Even when you were talking, Sherry, um, <clears throat> about you not feeling safe. And I remember one of my prayers for you that God was going to take you back to your childhood. And it was from there that he was going to begin to start repairing, repairing the, the damages and the brokenness from that point on. So like you like you, what you just said and what you're doing, you're just letting God do things the way that he is orchestrated. But... All this was orchestrated in order for you to begin to see and to understand and to allow him to enter into those hurting and those dark and those hidden places in your life so that he can begin to enter in and do that which which he needs to do. And again, and it's in his timing. So now that you are in an environment of, of safetyness so that you can allow the surgery to be done. See, even when somebody in the world, they got an ailment and they might need a heart, especially the elder, they might need a heart or this or another, they say, well, you know what, let's let's give your body this first to build your body up. They got to make sure that the body is strong enough to go through the operation. Yeah. The operation is needed, but if the body is not strong enough, the operation could kill them. Yeah. So right now you're getting spiritual surgery done, but see you're strong enough now to allow it to happen. You're in the right frame of mind. You're in the right environment. So now you are loved and protected, and you have an understanding that your true love, your true protection comes from Christ, not from man. Anybody else is just additional. But see, you're strong enough in your walking and your understanding so that you're secure enough in your relationship with Christ. So now you can and are allowing him to come back to your to your childhood, to come back in those hurting areas, to come back in those areas and begin to do the necessary things so that he can heal you, so he can deliver you. Shadow this, shindedokumbroko, shadow kosaka, or 
she's in alignment. So many doors are opening up. So many doors are opening up. Oh, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. She's in alignment. Father God, we praise your name. She's in alignment. So many doors are opening up. So many things are being unveiled. We are shifting. It's already occurred. It's just the manifestation is beginning to be seen now. A shifting already occurred, but it's not complete. That's how huge this shift is. So in other words, it's shifted, but it's still in the process of shifting. And then it's going to work out the fine-tunings. So you're just beginning to see some of the manifestations, and it is not. You're just at the beginning stages of the manifestations. As the word of God is doing a great and mighty work in the area that you live in. Not just you, not just your life, not just your family, but the area that you live in. So now you've gotten to the point that you affect the area that you live in. That's how God's using you. That's how God's growing you up. Just continue to walk. Wow. But you got to receive it. It's just like you got slapped with it. I know it's overwhelming. Just settle down. Let it sink in. There you go. Settle down. Oh, there it is. It's a lot. Too much is given, much is required. It's a lot. And we praise your name. His name is so. Amen. Amen. And now I'm going to pray for Renee. Horombo se sukurombo. Shande yoko, shande yanda, horombo se, shoko rombo, shande, shombro, shande, shombroko, shande yoko, horomboko, ho. Andeya, Sandeyoko, Sandeyata, Burosekeyo, Sandeyoko. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this woman of God, Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Woo, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's that cool. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Father, for this woman of God. Thank you, Father, for encouraging her heart, for strengthening and girding her up in you, Lord. Call the most swift, cause a swift move to occur, Father. Cause a swift move to occur, Father. A swift change. A swift change. A swift change. A swift change. There it is, right there. Mm. Swift, sudden, ha, there we go, right there, there we go, right there, how that, just hold on, just hold on, it's going to get rocky for a minute, it's going to get rocky for a minute, you just hold on, you just stay in the boat, you just stay in the boat, this is a swift change, and when things happen suddenly, then there's, there, there, don't, don't bail ship, because when things happen suddenly, we might think something's wrong, this is of God, this is of God, the timing is of God, and you need it now. So just let things settle down after the swift change, after the storm passes over, after the hurricane comes through. It's going to be swift. It's going to be sudden. It's not going to be a long storm, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a calamitous one. It's going to be a violent one, but it's needed. It's needed to clear out what is not needed. It's needed to settle things where they need to be. So just wait the storm out. You ain't even got to go out in the rain. Okay, I'm letting you know a storm is coming. You ain't even got to go out in the rain, but you do have to just do not move until the storm is over. Others are going to bail. Others are going to leave. Others are going to tell you do whatever. You do not move. Huh, yeah, God, even now. Here it is. Here it is. It's coming. Mm-hmm. You listen to God. 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 It's going to even feel good if you move. You do not move until after the storm is over with. You know, after the storm goes by, then everything seems peaceful. And it's calm, mm-hmm. and even the air is even cleaner. Right. That's what you're going to experience after the storm. There's going to be others that are going to bail. They're going to pull. And your flesh might even say run. But no, you just hold on. It's not going to be a long storm, but it's going to be a sudden one. Mm-hmm. It's already started. It's already started. Everything is already moving. It's going to be a sudden one. And it's going to be a violent one. But you hold your position. Trust God, because even when your flesh rears up, your spirit is going to rear up. Because you're, you're going to be in contact with your spirit, man. You stay edified in the Word. 
He would, the Holy Spirit would tell you exactly what to do. You're going to, you, we just talked about the flesh nature and about how you have to be cognizant of the flesh nature so you can know what it is and, and how to mortify. Your flesh is going to spring up so strong. It's going and, and you're going to meet, might even want to move. You're going to whatever. You don't do it because your spirit man is going to spring up even stronger. You listen to that spirit man. You recognize the difference between the two because they're both going to talk to you. Might not be at the same time, though. I don't know how and when, but they're both going to talk to you. But you let your spirit man lead you. You make the decision in your soul. Remember, spirit, soul, and body. That's the proper order. Spirit, soul, and body. So you let your spirit man lead you. And he's going he's gonna, to, you will know when to move and how to move. And when to stand firm. It's already started. It's already started. Everything is already in position. Things have already started moving. You know, of course, shit, that is go. And nothing you can do but buck wind, put your seatbelt on, and just hold out. Just hold out. Just hold out. We talked about divorce. We've been talking about change. We've been talking about transformation. Yeah, well, just buckle in. You just got to ride this one out, baby. You, you're where you need to be. Just ride it out. Just ride it out. Amen. Amen. All righty. All right, all right, all right. Okay, thank you so much for that. No problem, dear. Wow, why was it sitting up here um, with the uh, fur line in the morning? I'm working on the blankets for the baby. Oh, okay. But, uh, the colors that I'm using is a very brightly colored one. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here working on it while I'm on the fur line with you all, and I just keep on thinking that Joseph's technical range, I mean, technical coat. <laughs> okay. Have you heard from um, Mark? You said what? Have you heard from Mark? Uh, not recently. Last time I heard from him was on the prayer line, which was about what a month ago or so. Okay. And Pastor Mark's son. Oh, you talking about Pastor? Are you talking about Pastor Mark? Or are you talking about Mark in Atlanta? Mark in Atlanta. Okay, no, about a month, a month or so ago that I heard from him last time on the call. That's Pastor Mark that's signed to me. That's Pastor Mark what? That's Pastor Mark signed to me. Has Pastor Mark talked to Mark? No, I said, how is Pastor Mark? How did you, you're fading in and out. How is Pastor Mark? Oh, um, Nate, I've talked to Nate, and as far as I know, Pastor Mark is fine. He's been on the, um... On the other line with uh, Mama Regina a lot. So as far as I know, if he's everything's going well with him. Okay. I tried to use the other line the other day, and it was like closed. I'm like, try it. <laughs> but you tried to call in on uh, Mama Regina's line, prayer line. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's closed. Um, maybe I have the wrong number. Okay, I'll look through my stuff and see if I can forward it to you. Because, I mean, I can't see how they could close it with 17,000 people. So. Ooh, I know. It's not. 
Because I, I think maybe I just have the wrong, I was using the wrong number. I was calling by the number you were using before. She had your own number. Say that again, back. She's using, she has, she created her own number. No, no, no. She is a, a prayer line that already was in existence, and she just happened to find out about them, and um, she's been active with them. Uh, so no, she didn't create them. Everything was, you know. I'm trying. I'm going through my stuff now to see if I um, see it because she. Before, I haven't called in, um, but no, this is already in existence. It's on Facebook. It's on the internet. You know, they do it over the computer and all, you know. Basically, similar to what we do is just bigger and, and longer. Which, wait, how it going to be longer? And I know that's the scary part, right? Okay, here we go. Okay, it's 724-444-7444. It's one five three zero three. Okay, I got two numbers. I'm about to forward it to you. Okay, thank you. Sam, can you forward it to me too? Okay. Thanks, Sam. You and everything else. I stay stay grounded. I got you on the line. Let me pray for you, Felipe. to the point where you're beginning to go, 
Well, you know what, Lord, because I'm tired of you telling me this, showing me this, and then confirm. Okay, so you you finally got in your little hoopty, and you and you started on your journey. Now, this is the funny part about it. As you continue on your journey, because in truth, like I said, we got to look past the facts with our faith. As you're driving in your hoop, you even got a spring biting you in your butt because the seat's falling apart. You can look through the floor. You gotta, you can see the ground because it's rusted out. You can barely get up to 45, let alone get up 55 and 60. <laughs> but you just being obedient and your little hoop, you just driving on. You know, okay. Then you're just doing them, being obedient, and you didn't even recognize that the car that you're driving is flowing with traffic. So now you didn't even recognize that the car that could not get up past 45 is is driving 60 and 70 miles an hour because it's flowing right along with traffic. Because, see, your focus and your gaze is fixed upon the Lord. And that's where you need to keep it is. As you continue to do your drive, that spring that had been biting you in the butt because it's been popping up, where you didn't recognize until one day you lean back and recognize, where did this new seat come from? As you've been driving this ride and you've been going 60 and 70 miles, you're just flowing in traffic because the Holy Spirit is just consumed you and, and you're just flowing around. You didn't recognize that that put, 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 it's no longer there. You got a smooth roar to the engine. See, as you're continually going, doing what he's calling you to do, focusing on God, seeking the spirit, seeking the leadership and just doing, God is just supernaturally, piece by piece, interchanging the parts and from what you had into what you need. So what's happening is somewhere along the journey, when you finally pull over to a rest stop, you got even trouble finding your car because he didn't change the body while you were in it. You didn't even recognize it. He, he, you, you don't. You, the key don't even look the same because see, you didn't even. What? Where's my car? But and so you hit the little alarm that you didn't even have before. Come on now, you have, who gonna steal a hoop? You don't need no alarm. You hit the button on the alarm and you see this car going boop boop. And you say, that's my car, and you go and you stick your key in there, and it opens up, and you open the door, and you see all your belongings in there, and you have to stand back and wait a minute, God, when did this happen? But see, as you've been obedient, as you've been seeking and following his leadership and walking out, doing what he's calling you, he has been more than supplying what you need, more than giving you what you need, more than equipping you, more than, and I think that just lined up with the dream that you had. I think what I just told you, some kind of dream, some kind of vision, something, what I just spoke to you kind of gave you an explanation or gave you a better understanding of what God's been showing you, what God's been speaking to your heart. Mm, mm, mm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Father God, we just praise your name, Lord. 
We just glorify you. In Jesus' name is so. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. You okay, Heartbreaker? Mm-hmm. You gonna be quiet, Heartbreaker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured that was like, you ain't saying nothing. <clears throat> Why do you call her Heartbreak? Uh, cause she knows how to soft tone of hers and 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 just talk to you and 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 you just begin to listen and open up and by the time she finishes and comes give you the word you she done got all up inside your heart and just opened it up and just like you just get the oh jesus hottest woman with this little soft voice give me this big old word so that's why i call her heart <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> Yeah, with us, with Louie and I, you get what you see. Hey, God's God works different ways in different people. I know. Yeah. Amen. I don't know if Pastor Mark is on the line or not. I just I just keep thinking about him. I, I have for the last few days. Oh, uh, well, whenever he's on here, let us know. You'll know that for sure. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. That's Pastor Mark on the line. Hamina, 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 hamina. <laughs> I can't do it like Marie do it. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> uh, Craig, every time she do it, she sounds just like him. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Seems every time I pray for him, I start to purge and cough. Mm, no, well, praise God. <laughs> I guess it's good. Hey, God's being God. That's true. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mm-mm-mm. Hey, Sam? Mm-hmm. But you said this storm is about to come, and I was thinking about this yesterday because uh, I have been trying to eliminate certain things out of my diet. Mm-hmm. But in turn, my body is going through like a detox. Mm, right, right. So I guess whatever toxins are trying to work on out of me, they 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 showing it. Oh yeah, that's a different that's that's a different kind of storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> yeah. That's when right. I get finished with it, though, and let my sinuses and my hearing get back to normal. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I'm going to pray for Gloria. And then after that, anybody else? Uh, uh, um, I have to get up, but I wanted to pray for you before I get off. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
minister to others, oh God. Thank you for the seeds that you have given him to plant and invite each and every one of us so that we can follow the path that you have set before us and be encouraged that we are in the, on the right path, that we are hearing from you, oh God. Thank you that his ears are always open and in tune to you, oh God. We ask that you will continue to bless his hands and bless wherever his foot treads, oh God. Make sure that, <clears throat> making sure that no weapon formed against him shall prosper, no weapon against his finances, no weapon against his health or his family, oh God. No weapon against whatever endeavors that you have implanted in him, oh God. Give him everything that he needs, oh God, and supply all that he wants, oh God, so that the peace that only you can give can be manifested in such a way that he can see everything clearer, oh God, and not be distracted or distorted by the cares of this world. Father, we just thank you that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he can ask and think. Father, in, in, in this day, we ask that you just give him one thing that just gives him an encouraging, something outside of what anyone can do but you all about. Just to know that he's on your mind. So we just thank you for that, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Father God, I want to lift up Gloria Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Borobo sidi kande shiri kumbrada kusidi kumbroko sidi kusendi kusanda harara kunde shiri kanda kunrande kusendi kumbroko sidi kanda. Thank you, Father, for this woman of God. Shindro sidi kanda. Thank you, Father, as you continue to bless her abundantly. Kumbroko roka. Keep her, Father, where you desire her to be kept. Shiri kumbroko roka. Minister to her. Shindro roka. Love on her. Shindro sidi kumbaka. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory. Shiri kada. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it, unless somebody else got something. No, Sam, I just need that number, though. I didn't get it. You did? Okay, let me do it again. Okay. Did you get it, Felicia? Mm -hmm. All you you said was you forgot the number one. That's what I got, too. Oh, okay. So I'm, okay, (laughs) then um, I sent the wrong thing. Okay. Do you know what day um, is that in this line, in everyday line as well? I you got to call Mama Regina to ask. Do you, I don't I don't have um all you do you know her number? No, I don't have her number. Okay, let me uh, give you her number. I'll text that to you because um I don't I just I know she does a she's doing a Friday service. I know they do a service in the morning on Sundays, like early so people can go to their own churches and stuff. So I don't know exactly how 
But I like I said, I know it's just like I said, it's bigger and longer than ours, which is scary. But <laughs> hey. like Sam, you need to come on, uh huh. <laughs> half pastor. Huh. One half pastor. You said one half pastor. That's what you got on my text. One half pastor. The number for the tonight is code is the number is. And then you got the code is, if you need anything else, let me know. Okay, hold on, let me see. Yeah. You gave me the numbers. I'm not going to bring them over the line, though. Oh, okay, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, yeah, I see it. One half faster. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, so, yeah, that's it. What's one half faster? Uh, you know what, let me, let me scroll up and see. <laughs> I don't know, because she sent me... Okay, hold on. Let me um. Probably one of those like page one of two kind of things. Okay, probably, probably so, probably so. Yeah, because um, it it cuts off at the end. It says I will be, and then it's off. It's cut off. So. Um, so tonight is one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna just text you her number. I don't. I I I might have cut off the other half of it or something. So um, but you, Sherry, I mean Sherry, you already got her number, so you can just call her. Okay. So the one that we got, but the code is different, right? Yeah, I noticed that we 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 got a different code. Okay. So I called. Then I, there was two different numbers on there, but we got a different code on ours. Okay, so I dial the same number and then I get the code. Right, right. Okay, and then there's another number then too, right? Correct. Okay, I see it. All right, thanks, Sam. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Everybody there still, or the line lock off? No, I was. Um, Oh, have a
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.